Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia. You could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling. Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. song on the station, you know, everybody else's theme song is second best to Patricia. Hello, <laughs> Patricia. Hello, Walden. Hi, everybody. We are back already. I can't believe it's Saturday. It's Saturday. September Except yesterday I walked around all day thinking it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Well, I got two. It was Saturday, September 24th, you know, 2016. I better put that in the calendar. That way I know when I hear this playback and in the archives 80, 80, 88 years from now, you know, out there. Oh. And stuff like that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I need to stick that in somewhere in the middle of the show as we go, by the way? That'd be it's nice. Because, some oh, people, do that. because it's so fun getting emails that people give us the answer to our question 10 days later. <laughs> <when they, laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. That is so much fun. Well... Are you going to say hello, and then I'll tell you all the good stuff that I have? Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Now I can tell you all my good stuff. Yeah, please no, I'm do. only kidding. Please <laughs> do. <laughs> I want to do one little book plug for our friend Elva Green. They've moved her book signing to November the 9th. So if you're in the L.A. area, Books and Millions is a bookstore, please drop in and say hi to Elva. And I know Patricia and I really enjoyed our time with her a couple of weeks ago. So oh, she was great. So put that on your calendar. 
because we love writers. Right, Patricia? Oh, yes, we do. We love writers. Now, just, just as an update, Elva Green is the daughter of Eddie Green, who played Eddie the waiter on Duffy's Tavern and Stonewall Jackson, the lawyer, on Amos and Andy, and did a million other shows. Uh, he was a repeat performer on the Jack Benny show, uh, but, you know, not a steady role. Those were the two that were consistent. He, he was consistently on the show for a while. But anyhow, that's who we're talking about, Elva Green, and she was with us two weeks ago, and gosh, did I have a good time. Now, um, I, better, I better ask for forgiveness for next Saturday, October the 1st. I, I just, got it on my calendar. I just might be a few minutes late. Again, I might be on time. But you can send all emails <laughs> to FloridaWriter at Hotmail.com <laughs> and ask, where Walden? And yes. because I am attending our friend Janet Waldo's celebration of life at her house from 1.30 oh, to you know, 4. So yeah. nice. I'm so glad they're, they're confirming that it's a celebration uh-huh. of life. And it's not a sadness. It's, it's a ha- it, I can't remember who said this. It, it was some really wise person. We shouldn't be sad that you're gone. We are delighted or very so ha- very happy that you were with us. Yeah, <coughs> she was a deeply religious person, and she was, you know, many times I get her, and she was looking forward to the day to see her mom and dad, you know, uh-huh. for a long time, and of course yeah. her husband. So, uh, she, you know, I mean, she... On her side, there's joy as yeah, well. Yeah, on her side, and... It's just those of us who knew her and love, who are still here, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same. But for, for Janet, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a celebration because she gets to see loved one. And, you know, that's yeah. the way we have to look at um, when we lose somebody that we dearly love. And, mm-hmm. and so they're going to have it at Janet home and her husband, Bob. I, I, I saw it was so fun when I, we got the invite. In an email, everything's done via email or Facebook or whatever anymore, and it says celebration Janet at Janet and Bob home. You know, it just it's, it's just this is the home they built. Oh, and 19- Bob, of course, Robert was her husband. Uh, yeah, Robert E. Lee, who's been gone for twenty some odd years now. Oh and, gosh. Uh, so anyway, it's just um. And it's the home that they built in 1951. They, you know, raised their kids there. They Janet remained there. So mm-hmm. A nice home. Um, dinosaur husband built their furniture. <laughs> oh my! I didn't know that. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, it, it'll be fun. I'll, I get to see some of our radio family there and some other people. And so, mm-hmm. so if I'm a few minutes late. It's because we're dropping Johnny Roy off at a steakhouse, and then we'll be running home. You know? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, you know what? People would have forgiven you except for that one. <laughs> they, they request that to go one, to a steakhouse. That one just put you in the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to drop him off at a steakhouse, then I'm running home to, to, to be with Patricia. So that is the... Uh, that is the schedule for next Saturday. So if I'm a few Well, late, just be assured, everyone, I will be sitting here in my place with my bright, shiny face. With or without Walden, <laughs> I'll be here. Hmm. Now, now hmm. one other thing I want 
two couple of things I want to plug then before Patricia goes through her 18 pages. And, yeah. um, you know. It is 18 pages. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked. It is 18 pages. Tomorrow. Some of it is next week's stuff, though. Good, good, good. So yeah. we're down to 17. Okay. Yeah. Next, tomorrow, uh, you might want to tune in. We're having Christina Burton Conroy. Her mom, the movie actress and radio actress, Barbara Burton. If you ever remember Mr. and Mrs. North, she played Mrs. North in the run in 53 on radio. Anyway, Barbara had a, a, an opera singing career for 18 years. And what she does today, she is a music therapist. So, so if some... Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. So, for people who are Alzheimer's patient or for uh-huh. little kids who are artistic, she's able to go and sing and do things with them, have them learn music, and it seems to help them. That is really interesting. My sister was an administrator in um, an assisted living facility, a nursing facility out in California. Right. And by accident, they discovered that one of their residents who could not speak, she was aphasic, she just could not speak, discovered that if they sang to her, she could sing back. And that's Otherwise, she could not speak, but she could sing. And, and somehow that, that connected with her brain, and that's, that's what you're telling me. That's what she said. And she's written a brand new book coming out next year uh, about taking care of her dad and things, and, you know, and, and, and probably discuss it, music therapy and, and things to do. So... Anyway, she was a delightful, so cool. a delightful guest, so that might be t- something for tuned in. And then, this week, the coming week, uh, and you'll probably hear it next Friday, Sunday, we're interviewing two more quiz kids. And the first one is Richard William, who is one of the mathematical genius. And he wound up being in the diplomatic corps for 30 years, and he was our first diplomat to China. Wow. Yeah. So we're gonna. So that was after Nixon's administration, correct. or or during Nixon's administration. After. Correct. Uh, during Nixon's administration, he was the first. He was Ooh. the one chosen to go to to be our representative to China. Uh huh. That was so disrespect President Nixon, not yeah. Nixon. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's go ahead. So that anyway, I'm looking forward to talking to uh, Richard about his career, his memories of the Quiz Kid, and of course, how in the world did he wind up in the dip in the State Department for 30 years? So that that. That should be a fun uh-huh. conversation. So, anyway, I just wanted to give a little, hey, there's some things happening at the station that p- people should keep their ears open for. And with, with, yes. no, with no further ado. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> with, with, We've got lots of ado. With, 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 with the red carpet treatment, all the way stretched out from Coast to Mesa, California, where we're looking out fire danger right next tonight. So everybody try to keep out your screen. We are in uh, fire watch in California because the weather is really hot and dry. So oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, so keep it out for us, everybody, for the next few days. That we're in that we're in that typical stream. But here she is from the great state of Florida, from the city <laughs> of Fort Myers, who 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 plans to vote. Ooh-hoo. Who's planning to vote in November and 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 all the elections after that? Patricia. And stuff like that there. Very good. Okay. 
I, I can I can share my good stuff, right? You better believe it. I can share my good stuff. Well, you know, I have been, as everyone knows, been schlepping through the medical community, and I'm down to every two weeks seeing one of the doctors. However, this week, he came in and said, how are you doing? I said, I don't know. How am I doing? You've got all my lab work in front of you. He said, well, it's astonishing. <laughs> I said, uh-oh. And it was good astonishing. I have got two of the critical ones that have returned to absolutely normal levels. And they might not stay there, but, you know, for now, I can have my milk. I can have spinach. I can have all of these. But anyway, that's, that's my sharing of the good stuff tonight. Something about me is normal. There are so few things, and it's really I'm not accustomed to having the word normal used for me. But anyway, that's my good news for today. The, the big thing that we've been pulling for the last three or four months, she, she's normal today, and that's what counts. I am normal today. Yes. So as long as I keep being a good rabbit and go in every few weeks and have my laboratory work done and it stays where it is, I am in – I forgot to tell you this, Walt. Uh-huh. <laughs> He said, you know, with these kinds of not let me tell you how good they are. <laughs> he said, okay. He said, if you were going to donate a kidney on these numbers, you could do it. Oh, wow. And I looked at him. I said, who would want it? He said, well, nobody would. But <laughs> he's really got a great sense of humor. He said, nobody would, but you could if everything else was normal. So anyhow, that's um, oh, that's my good news. That's great news. All right, so we got good kidneys. That's good. We love hearing that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at least for now, yeah. <laughs> and as long as I do what I'm supposed to do, we can throw a little security blanket around them for now. Okay. Now. So now, that's good. Now, now, may I ask a big question? Yes. Whoops. I don't know how big is it. It's really big. Okay. Can't, may I? I'm prepared. May I? Yes, you may. Have you done it? No. Well, will you will you consider doing it in the next couple of days? Well, I'll do. Uh, you talking about exercise? Yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, you're exercising. Yeah, you no, I, I thought that's what it was. That's and right. Why else would you? That that would be a peculiar question for anything else in life. So yeah, sure. Okay. I and I have not been. So I know. Okay, well, this you is keep the, after this, me. This is our family I will project. Do it tonight. This is our family project for the week. Mm-hmm. S- send an email to Patricia. FloridaWriter at Hotmail.com. We got good medical <laughs> news, but, you know, we, we, we got to work on her exercises. I mean, if I'm doing an hour a day on the treadmill, Patricia should be able <gasps> to get up. You cannot be serious. Oh, yeah. Did you? I really? Yep. Well, you know, okay. you know if, if, I'm, if I'm working out, I want at least Patricia to do a one floor exercise for me, you know? I mean, that's just Yeah, that's it's, it's the important one. Just, but, just do, just you know, do I'm, one. I'm, do one, do one for the family. Now? No. Well, you could. <laughs> no, we couldn't. <laughs> I grinned. <laughs> okay, okay, I did it. Okay. See, so sometime in the next 48 hours, we do one exercise for us. Sure, I can do that. Okay. You like You're my, easy. Well, it, you know, my brother, mm-hmm. who's away at a music festival concert this weekend, my brother is in the family. Is has the he's stubborn as a mule. <laughs> I wonder who 
he relates to here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my mother figured out a long time ago, you don't put deadlines w- with my brother to get stuff done, like the cleanest room. You said you don't go in and say, do it right now, Phil. And then he would just, you know, protest. She'll get, <laughs> she'll go in, she'll say, clean, would you clean up your room by Friday? So that we give him three days to think about it, and then he would always mm-hmm. do that. So, so that's what I'm doing, Patricia. I'm giving her like 48 hours to contemplate and think about it and get ready to do her <laughs> exercise. Do it now. <laughs> you say it, but you won't do it. Do it now. <laughs> Which is a line out of the Bickersons. Right. And... Goodness gracious. You know, I, anybody who would like to set up a Dropbox, I will give you an email you can set up the Dropbox with, and, and you go to dropbox.com, D-R-O-P, like you're dropping stuff on the floor, mm-hmm. box, B-O-X, dropbox.com, and I can send you shows yep. by the dozens and do it very quickly. Yep. So Instead of having to wait for CDs. That's that's our new strategy. We're gonna do Dropbox. It's easier than than the old mail system. So if you yeah, like well, I have a whole stack to go out in the mail. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, know. really, it, there, there must I be a hundred CDs there, hundred and fifty. Yeah. But you know, and and they're all done. So anyone who would like to do that, Ron in Illinois has done it, mm-hmm. and Mark has done it. And those are the two people. I guess Ken Goff has done it also. I've done it. And, of course, Walden and Larry and stuff like that there. But um, please think about doing that, and we can have a much better communication system with this kind of stuff. So, And that came to mind because of the Bickersons. People have not asked for the Bickersons in a very long time. Of course, I haven't asked people to ask for things either. That's true. I am so bad. Well, we do have a theme tonight. Is it football? <coughs> well, you know, John mentioned that last night for Mel, and he said, we got talking about baseball. He said, I don't think Patricia would like that. And so, that, that, you know, so even, even you're an influence on Friday night, you know, what can I say? Okay. No effort. Okay. Well, I asked um, Dan in... <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> I was going to say Illinois. Dan in Indiana periodically sends stuff that gives me the shivers, and we're into football season now already. So I told him if he calls in and wants to talk with Walden about that stuff, that he should just give me an S word high sign that they're going to be talking sports, and I'll just go fix myself a snack. Isn't that a good idea? Yeah, but when you become it's when you become the anchor woman for ESPN, when you do the <laughs> the thirty minute newscast of covering the day in sports, I mean, how are you going to handle that? Well, I get it, my end is fine. It's how are the other people listening going to handle it? Okay. I really will not go for a snack. I mean, who's going to sit here and whine? If I'm if I'm I out would, there, I will lo- I will let you go for a snack as I sneak out. Well, yeah, you sneak. I would I would at least own up to it. It's more fun when you. He catch really it. does, you know. He and and he has on occasion. It hasn't happened for a long time, but on occasion, he has just toppled over and fallen asleep. And we're sitting here, one night, and I I 
can't recall who was on the phone. It might have been, well, it doesn't matter. One of our family members was on the phone, and he said good night, and there was nothing. (laughs) Walden? (laughs) Walden, are you there? So we kept talking a little bit. Walden, it's time to say good night. And I never thought to say just simply hang up and Walden will take care of it when he gets back. Well, he was back. He was just asleep. (laughs) (laughs) He never left. He was just asleep. And I thought, okay, you know, you've always been a laid-back person. Yes. You didn't have to prove it (laughs) because we believed you. But it was okay. Every once in a while you need to reinforce an image. And you did very well. I, 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 through. Yeah. Not only were, are you laid back, you certainly did lie back. <sighs> um, well, you know, Mike Candy told us a great story about Perry Como, and I'm not as laid back as Perry Como. I guess during music rehearsals for, you know, a big TV special, mm-hmm. you know, P- Perry could sing songs, but she walked close. You could see him with a little transistor in his ear listening to a baseball game while the music while you're doing his rehearsing, you know. So I'm not quite... You are kidding. He could listen and sing at the same time. Yes. Well, I guess that's okay because I can read and listen to an old-time radio show at the same time. Oh. You can multitask. I'm not sure if I get the essence of both of them, (laughs) but I do it. Hmm. I'll have to think about that. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could sing and listen at the same time. Those are two senses that seem to crash into each other. Interesting. Hmm. I like to think about that. Is is it because you like to read and have something in the background? Is that why you would do something like that? Yes, that is true. Uh However, most people would choose music, which I have been recently. I say recently, within the last year. Uh I, I I have drifted to Mozart, of all things, and I used to be a 112% Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, Bach, and I've just kind of leaned toward Mozart, and I'm having a good time. So that I have in the background, but to have a radio show like Sam Spade Mm -hmm. going at the same time as my reading about Raffles and, and Sherlock, hmm. That's a good question. That's my. That'd be Patricia. Have a theme. I have a sidebar. My sidebar. But what is your favorite, your favorite classical composer? So that that would be my adjunct question to everybody. I I love. My, oh okay. I love Chopin. <laughs> I I I love the piano of Chopin. That's just very. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah, that's 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 me. So. So many to choose from. And as with everything else, including food, I tend to run in cycles. You know, I've told you at different times that I'll eat the same food for an entire month, and then I won't touch it for another six or eight months. And that's how come I have a whole closet full of honey mustard (laughs) salad dressing. (laughs) In in the closet, I was eating carrots every night with honey mustard dressing. And then all of a sudden, I ran out of carrots, and I ran out of interest. So I have to start up again. I bought some carrots this week. <clears throat> but anyway, yes, I I am in Mozart right now instead of Bach. Oh, very and good. And Chopin is wonderful. Okay. Chopin so is And Beethoven, I mean, golly, so much to choose from. Aren't we lucky? 
we are, we are so we, lucky to have all of this stuff in our lives. We are blessed to live the time we are in. That way we can sample we can sample the best if we want to. And yes. appreciate it. We we we, we have the ability. I mean just think when those guys were composing things, you had to you had to go to them to hear them live. You you didn't have mm-hmm. the ability like we do to listen to it on a computer or on a C D or things like that today. Yes. We have so many choices. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it creates brain confusion <laughs> in my head to have so many choices. However, however, I would rather have brain crazy and all of these choices than to be stuck in a corner somewhere. So this is good. Okay, we do have a theme. I dragged last week's to this week because we only got to talk with one person about it, and it was Dan who had nothing to relate to on this one, so we can cross Dan off the list. But this is compliments of my sister Barbara, who is up in Alabama. She wants to know which, what people, oh, what people or which services came to your home when you were growing up that we don't have anything now, such as home milk delivery. And some people on Fibber McGee and Molly even, they had their groceries delivered. And mail delivered directly to the house, knock on the door, and businesses got it twice a day. So what did you have coming to your home that you have to leave your home to get now? That's a good question. Very good question. It's an excellent question. So I I have some days, and then I do my Winnie the Pooh stuff. Please do. Yes. Today, this very day is International Rabbit Day. And it really is an international day to protect and care for rabbits and make sure that if you've got a rabbit pet that you're taking good care of it. I mean, it really is International Rabbit Day. My my rabbit my, my rabbit name was Hoppy. And you yeah, know, you had a rabbit? And most rabbit lived two years. Hoppy lived six. So I think wow. you did a good job. I, I think you cared for him very well. The International Rabbit Day people would like that. So I pulled two from yesterday as well and a couple for tomorrow. Okay. Yesterday was Native American Day. It's the fourth Friday of September, and we have celebrations for our Native Americans. It's, it's just a, I did not know that we had an observation day, and I'm so glad we do. And I hope... <sighs> I don't know. We we just love everybody. So, can I just say that we love everybody? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Okay, we love everybody. We really do. Sometimes you get people you don't like what they do, but that doesn't mean you can't love them. So, that's it. However, there was another one yesterday, and this is not an invitation to start a conversation. It was National Dogs in Politics Day. This cannot be. <laughs> this cannot be. Dogs in politics. That was yesterday. By the so, way, maybe some Larry Gassman is looking for a recommendation. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll just throw it out. So this, are there anybody out there that can the the debates without any comment commentation, any any commentary? He's looking to record them for historical purposes without 
you know, have it overwritten by commentary. Or, you know, uh, so anybody um, is aware of something? Well, they all have questions. As far as I know, the questions are the only things that are supposed to be happening. So on Monday, what, what he might want to check out, if he misses something on Monday, YouTube, within 24 hours, has the entire and has for all of these debates that have been going on for the last 28 years, it seems, they have it up on YouTube, and it is just the debate. There will not be any interruptions for uh, commercials. They'll pause on some of them. I think the Fox News Network has a pause. We're taking a break for advertising, and it'll just show up on the screen. But he can just turn off his recorder and come back when the rest of them come back. So he might want to check out YouTube That's as well. That's a great idea. I thought, I Which is wondering. where I go for I, – I have given up trying to sort through the the breaks and the advertising and, you know, just give me what's going on there. So a long time ago, I just started waiting 24 hours and going to YouTube and watching the whole thing from start to finish without interruption. I haven't looked. I don't know if C-SPAN has a radio channel. Maybe they do somewhere, and I thought that uh, that's what, if oh. they had one, I, I would going to recommend to learn to record that. Because I just, you know, I love the way C-SPAN handles a lot of that things, you know, yes. straightforward. Yes, no it's about as unbiased a place as you can possibly get. And the only biases you find on C-SPAN are the ones that they are recording. Mm -hmm. not, not from the C-SPAN team, it's no. just all you get is what's going on. So I don't know. I don't know. I never have looked it up to see C-SPAN has a radio channel, but that's where I'm gonna make the way to look for that. So that's yeah. You know. Yeah. No, that YouTube so is a great idea. If we get a break later, I will hop out and um, and check it out. And Perfect. I downloaded a virus on my computer. I would like to send out an alert. <laughs> I was smart enough to find an ad blocker. And it, since it's the only thing I have downloaded in months, I am presuming, which is a very bad thing to do, but I am presuming that that's probably where my virus came from. I can't imagine that it came from an Adobe link, but you never know. You know, Adobe, I have updated or tried to update my Adobe Flash, but <laughs> before you download anything from an ad blocker, check it out. And I did the best I could, and it was on a reputable site, but I think that's probably where I got it. So I don't have any ads, but I also have junk. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get to some places. It's terrible. So anyway, all right, so we've got um, today is National Cherries Jubilee Day, and I knew that that was just for you. Now, tomorrow, yeah. this is just so cool. Tomorrow is National Comic Book Day. Uh, Isn't that great? And I'm still monitoring the comic books at Heritage Auctions. I get updates from them regularly because I've asked for movie poster and comic book information. So each time they have an auction involving those items, I'll get an email from them. So this weekend is a comic book dealie, and some of them are up. This was days ago. They were up to $4,000 on individual comic books. Walden, okay. help me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get, I got it, Patricia. We'll, what? We'll start, look, we'll start going to garage sales and look for comic books and then have Heritage resell them for us. What do you think? 
I think we can only go to places with moms who have kids in college now. They're the ones who want to get rid of this stuff. <laughs> and that's how come these comic books are so valuable exactly. because moms went through kids' rooms and said, what's this doing here? Throw it out, throw it out, throw it out, throw it out. And there are so few left because of mothers. That's how come the prices are so high. If moms had just kept their paws <laughs> off the comic books, you know, it would have been fine. Your mother's a rip. I bet she would have done it. Yes, she is. No- she's notorious for cleaning a house, or and I'm I, the family members, male side here in her family, have still found things over the years. So yeah, she's. A- <laughs> <laughs> and you've not had things over the years as well. Oh yeah. So, okay, so that's oh, and and um, Monday is mm-hmm. Johnny Appleseed Day. I probably should have gotten some Johnny Appleseed information. But it's Johnny Appleseed Day. He really did run around the country planting seeds for apple trees. He honest to goodness did. Are you are you sitting down? Yeah, he did it for commercial purposes, but <laughs> other than that, yes, I'm sitting down. My mom cleaned out the shed and brought in all the boy games because, you know, I've gotten rid of all my cassette tapes and they're all Ron Bond. So uh-huh. Now you have room, yeah. So I... So, Mom and I were playing a new game every night just to t- try all these games out. Uh-huh. And so, we played Scrabble two nights ago. Uh-huh. Guess who beat Mom by 23 points in Scrabble? Well, 23 points is not a huge spread, well, so I'm going well, to say it was you, and win. she gave you one heck of a run for your money. I win! I won a Scrabble! And for family members, spelling's not Wait a minute. Strong, so Wait a minute. Yes. Walden, you can't spell. I know! I've won. How did this happen? <laughs> I just got the significance of That's this. That's what I mean. I, I won a scramble. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to talk to your mom. Well, This she, is incredible. She, she had if you've a... ever gotten an email from Walden, you know exactly what he is saying because yeah. he spells phonetically. Right. However... <laughs> That does not translate to a Scrabble board, Walden. What did you do? Well, Mom had no vowels. You've got a Braille dictionary, don't you? Well, Mom had no vowels most of the day, so it's tough to win when you have no vowels. And it's tough to win when you wind up only with vowels, which is, I think, even worse. (laughs) Well, you know, but somehow... I need to talk to your mom. I know. Somehow I pulled it off. I pulled okay. it off. 20, 23 points is not exact, but one point makes a difference. Hey, so. a win is a win. <coughs> a win's yeah. a win, you know? Wait, all right, let me ask the next question. Yes. Who added the scores? Mom. Mom is the one running okay. the scores. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm having a hard time with that. I'll have to think about that for a while. Okay, so the next time we get together, we'll bring out the Scrabble board. We'll see how you and I do. For a while. <laughs> okay. <I'm sp- laughs> Except the internet has has. <laughs> you are so funny. I am really serious. You, you know, an English teacher, not an English teacher, a spelling teacher, would would just droop if. Walden sent a series of emails. He spells phonetically, so you know exactly what he's talking about. It just doesn't translate to a Scrabble board. It just doesn't, Walden. You've done good. I know. That's why I'm very, 
I'm very, I'm very pleased. Now, surreptitiously, I still want to speak to your mom. <laughs> I don't know what was going on here. <laughs> Did they rearrange your tiles or something? Hey, you know, mm -hmm. I got, I, I figured out how to spell every, every, so that got me a bunch of points. Okay. Yeah. All I, right. I spell zoo twice, so that helps. You know, with Z with the 10 points, I got that twice, and Q, Q-U-E, and Ox, and Box. So, I see, I, I, I did good. You did good. Yeah. When you get a Q, do you automatically get the U with it? No, I have to, I, I have to sit okay. there and wait for it, look for it. Okay. I, I'm just, I just want to get these things clear. <laughs> I'm sitting here saying, oh, gee, that's really... Wait a minute, you can't spell. <laughs> oh, Walden, you are so funny. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I have to go really quickly through these things. No, we have Winnie the Pooh. Yes, Winnie the Pooh. Yes. What? Winnie the Pooh. Yes, Winnie the Pooh says, I am a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. Sound Apparently like they didn't bother you this week. Sound like Walden, doesn't it? I mean, you know, I'm sure that <laughs> it does. Yeah, long words bother me. Mm -hmm. Okay, Burma shave. Don't stick your elbow out so far. It may go home in another car. Burma shave. Very nice. That, that's pretty good. I like wow. that one. And in honor of National Rabbit Day, or international, this is International Rabbit Day. We have a useless but fun. A rabbit loves licorice, but it is very bad for a bunny because mm. they cannot digest sugars. I didn't know that. Did not know. But now everybody else does, too. And I've got a whole bunch of stuff for Celeste, so she better call in tonight. And I've got our English words to go over when we have a break. And I came across a, a staggering figure today. Actually, I guess it was um, sometime during the week about our war veterans. Yes. We have 22 million war veterans, and 70% of them got to the polls in 2012 presidential election. More than 15 wow. million out of our 22 million veterans went to the polls, and I am just so proud. Yes. I mean, my heart just went, oh, yes, oh, yes, thank you. 70%. And here we sit with 28% of, I mean, it was an off time, but we were picking who should run in really important things like our representative to Washington. Yep. So anyhow, I, I thought I would just let everybody know that 15 million out of 22 million veterans and some of these people could not get to the polls, could not because of their service to us and our country. They physically were not able to do this, and still 70% of them voted in the president in the last presidential election. I am so proud of that. Very nice. And I looked up the Ivy League schools like I was supposed to. Good. There are eight. Ah. I thought they were kind of up there because I was surprised when I found Cornell one time and it, the number that they gave at that point was sort of longer, not sort of, it was longer than I thought it would be. Brown University, Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, University of Pennsylvania, yeah. that one surprised me, Princeton, and Yale. So those are our eight 
Ivy League well, schools. Of course, the University of Pennsylvania is definitely the uh, business school, you know, the famous business mm-hmm. school. Yes, business school. yes. Yeah. That, that was the business school, but it is Ivy League and Yale or Harvard, Yale, I guess, has a 9% acceptance rate. They turned me down, so I'm not surprised. I know they did. <laughs> you, would, <laughs> you were outside the 9%. I don't know. It, it, it's it's kind of screwy the way they do their evaluations, and some, so much of it is subjective. Well, and it, it has to be. It, I mean, I'm not criticizing. No, it's interesting because what they do at Yale, they do a personal interview. Yes. And the first thing they ask you, mm-hmm. why should we accept you? My answer is, hey, I'll do the phone. <laughs> hey, what do you mean? <laughs> That's a pretty good opening question. Why should we It is an you? excellent opening question. Yeah. I think it would be even better if why shouldn't we accept <laughs> you? It, it, it's similar to in a business setting being asked what was the biggest mistake you ever made. And it, it's kind of tricky because – you don't know if you're supposed to give them a really big blunder and present yourself as 100% honest or give them a little blunder and hope that they think you're really as good as you think you are. It's, it's hard to tell when they ask a question like that yeah. how individual organizations are going to interpret that information. What would you tell them? If somebody asked you in a formal setting, Let's say you were applying for a job at IBM, for example, and you sat in front of the interviewer and you were asked, what was the worst mistake you ever made in business? I would tell them. I would tell them the big one. Are you willing to share it? Yeah. I, okay. Sure. I'll, I'll tell the family right now. You know, um, uh, my, my, my dad... Uh, God bless him. I always thought if I were going to make it in life, it's going to be between my ears. And, you know, figuring if I. And so we've always worked on the financial industry, finance side. And when after I graduated from college, uh, I looked and looked and I couldn't get any job. I mean, the, the government sector, zip all. Every job interview I ever got was always in the private sector. And so I wound up uh, getting a opportunity with American Express, and which with the financial planning arm is where I worked for for a while, IDS. And you know, I I think looking back upon it, in some ways it was a good thing I did it, but in other ways, it, there was not enough support in terms of the uh, way the structure was. So I think. Mm-hmm. Jumping up your first job like that and not really having, and I'm not talking about making special accommodations. No, I'm just thinking the uh, the opportunity trying to make you successful was not there. Yeah. And I think for the support me, system. Yeah. 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 And for me, I think for, uh, that was a, I needed the job because I knew I it, all the MBA school told me we would take you once you have a job experience, two years of job experience. So that's. So I was trying to get back to MBA school. So I t- my first big job out of the block was a financial planning job, which didn't really have the right tools to make you successful. So I struggled. Mm-hmm. So I, 
economically, that was probably my biggest blunder. I don't know what else I've done, but that 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 was that was <laughs> that was a that was a toughie, you know. Cause generally, yeah. Generally, uh, I've always been pretty successful with everything I've taken on, but that one that one was a toughie. Yeah. So that's probably if, if somebody without asked a support me, system. Yeah. I mean, some somebody you expect in that kind of a position to have someone you're reporting to or a group of people you're reporting to to come back and say, well, you did this really well. We can suggest that this might help you move a little bit further along and you know make better contact with your clients. You, you should get that kind of support. Well, you would think a high-end financial company. Yeah. You would think they would have better support rather than say, here's the here's telephone book, go make a bunch of phone calls. You bet. You know. This is their reputation. Right. It, it, it's similar to the old manage. How come managers who don't manage <laughs> are the ones who recognize these things? People who teach management recognize them and will say, you pay your receptionist or greeting group the lowest pay in the entire organization, and they're the ones who make the first impressions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, when I heard that, I thought, you know, that is the best piece of wisdom in business I have ever heard. Well, it's sort of a, if I was running a company, I would want as much authority and power to be in my customer care. Because mm-hmm. when a, that, that is your front line. When somebody, when, when a customer is having a problem, mm-hmm. they they will think more highly of you if you can solve the problem with the first phone call rather than you going bet. rather than going through the whole system talking to English English people, and they don't mm-hmm. have the authority yeah. to solve your problem for you. <coughs> and your prompts: press one, press two, press seven, yep. press ninety. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So, see, uh, if I was structuring a business, I would want my customer to have the ability to solve mm-hmm. the problem right on the spot. Yes, yes. And you know what my mantra is from the kinds of things that you and I have been involved in. Right. You can do customer service until the customer is too old to understand what you're saying. Right. Your goal is customer satisfaction. It is yes. not customer service. It is customer satisfaction. Yes. So... As I say, you can serve for the entire day. I'm giving you good customer service. Well, you're giving me lots of service. It's just not I'm satisfied. I'm, you, know, you have to give me customer satisfaction. So that is my big thing. And the, and the receptionist. With the, and I use the term receptionist as, a, as a, um, an all-encompassing term. Right. Anyone who is on the front line greeting customers coming through the door, customers, clients, anybody who is spending money with your company, the first impression is the person who is sitting at that desk and we're paying him or her the least. Right. Not a good thing. So, okay. I think I think that's all I have. Um, and I have, I have our language lesson for tonight. Right. I have two yeah. things to throw onto the table. As uh-huh. I mentioned earlier that Mom and I are going through all our games in the house or playing those. So <laughs> the ones yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> so Scrabble is included. <laughs> yeah, so the ones I played this week, and I I haven't I was gonna look up what are the oldest board game in America, but I haven't had uh-huh. time to look it up. 
Obviously, we played uh, Cribbage this week. Uh-huh. Dom- I've never played that. Dominoes. I never okay. Knew, I have never knew that in order to win at Domino's, you have to score 500 points. I'm warning. I didn't know that. All I know is how to lay down the tiles. <laughs> and I say, oh, there's a six. I have six. Yeah. Scrabble. I don't know. Scrabble. I, I really know how to play it. Scrabble. They're so cute. Those little tiles are so cute. And then, uh, then rackle. And then rackle. So those are the games we play this week. So next week, I'll give you a report with the other new games we took on. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, yes. Yeah, I'm finished. Okay. Finally. Okay. Our poor listeners. All right. And, and <laughs> here's the family. I'm here's so tri- sorry. Here's a trivia question for the family. Okay. Who discovered... My family? Yes. Okay. Who discovered Carol Barnett, Alan King, and Jonathan Winters? These are all comedians. Right. Who discovered them? Hmm. One a ra- oh, what famous, an interesting a, question. A famous old-time radio host discovered all three people. So is you ready? Great question. Yeah. Is you ready? We can get started. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. All right, family. The phones are yours at 714-545-2071. Who discovered Alan King, Jonathan Winters, Carol Burnett? And while we're waiting for the phone, unless it has just rung, has it just rung? I haven't heard it. Nope. Not, not a thing. Okay. Not a thing. Okay. Walden, how many astronauts have walked on the moon, and what were their nationalities? Okay. Are you talking about more than American? All, all the different countries? Yes. Okay. I think it's, I want to say seven. Okay. Um, I think there were two Russians and five American. These are on the moon. Yes, that's what that's what okay. I know. There you were know. twelve. Twelve. And they were all Americans. They were all po- wow. every single person who has been on the moon was a member of the Apollo series. How about that? Let's see. And now I want you to. Hmm? I'm trying. To I want you to name six of them. Yes. Okay. Uh, Bud Sullivan, Neil Armstrong, um, Shepard. Good. Uh, uh, Alan Shepard. Right. Um, I think that's all I'm going to get. I, I was going to say, we're, we're down to the, gosh, isn't this, yeah, uh, yeah. all of these people were up there. We had Pete Conrad, okay. Alan Bean, okay. Edgar Mitchell. David Randolph Scott, somebody in that family loved old time, old movies. Randolph Scott. I thought that was just great. Yeah. David Randolph Scott, James Irwin. Irwin, if we, if you and I squeezed together, we might have come up with Jim Irwin. Okay. John Watts Young, Charles M. Duke, Harrison Schmidt, and Eugene Cernan. Wow, they would not gotten any of those. I, I guess they got the first three. Here's a good yep. trivia question for the family. Pete Conrad. I think we might have been able to come up with Pete Conrad, but it would have taken a while. Would have. Would all, have. We all remember there were three astronauts that went to the that went and landed on the moon. Who was mm-hmm. the Who was the one that did not walk on the moon? Did not walk on mm-hmm. the moon. Hmm. He was the poor guy that had the shovel on the, on the first shot. 
Yeah, he was on the, the first shot. You right, mean? right. He was the one that had to circle uh, around waiting for Neil and Bud to get done. Yeah. So that's my tw question for everybody. So are we ready? Uh, are we yeah. Ready? Well, right. hello, Carl. No, but I've got the list. Oh, I'm sorry. Hello, okay. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hello, you two. Hi, Celeste. <gasps> Celeste, hey, I'm so glad I you got called. through. I, so I much... can't believe it. <laughs> I have usually so have much to wait till midnight. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I, I so like what we're talking Celeste. about tonight. Good. Uh, I was going to say uh, this is. This is between Patricia and me. But, you know, the subjunctive is really hard <laughs> for people to understand. And uh -huh. because um, it's a dreamy state, and you don't use what you think you would use for the verb. I just heard Walden say, if I was a businessman, but it's if I were a businessman. Mm -hmm. It's always were. Because it's a dream, it's not a fact. There it's is he was one tall or she I, was short. Yeah, I just read in the last couple of weeks, Celeste, I'll go back and read it again because I cannot give you the whole system that they set up, but there is one set of circumstances where you can use the word was. And I had always thought if it were if it were I, if it were this way, if it, there was, there was one thing that they insisted, and I'll go back and see if I can find it. And I didn't believe a word of it, but I wanted to tell you that's what I came across. So maybe they're teaching, yeah. or, te or teaching bad stuff. I'm on your side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, I always teach and we've always taught if you're, if you're using the word, uh, in the past, like mm -hmm. a dream. If I were a queen, I'd give everybody a lot of money. You know, mm -hmm. if I were the, king, first... I'd do this and that. If yeah. I were a and... businessman, I'd do this and yeah. that. Mm -hmm. okay, and the okay, first okay, line okay, to okay, Fiddler I... on the Roof is, if I were a rich man. Or a rich the first man. line in, the, yeah. in my favorite okay. song okay. from Fiddler may, on the may, Roof. May, may I step in here? Yes. Who said? Who said? If I were king. Who said if I what? If I were king. If I were king. Who said mm -hmm. if I were king. If I were king. And, and you're famous, asking. I'm asking okay. folks. It's a very famous line from a movie. What famous movie actors used to use that? And it became such a running hit that it crossed into radio. Oh, gosh. If I were a rich man. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I only know the rich man. Let's have you. This crossed over and became a radio show. Oh, yeah. It, it became a running gag on radio. Because it followed him. When he started becoming a famous radio actor, it followed him, his famous line from the movies. So that's huh. Matt. I'm acting. Woo. And he went that's from the movies to radio? Mm-hmm. Or the or. The um, other way around, or well, just showed up on both at the same time? Well, he showed up in both, but he had he had such a wonderful radio career after after his big film career. And of course, oh. his big film career. 
Huh. Well, the only one I can come up with is Alan Ladd. Uh, this gentleman, clearly, because Walden did not say, you're right, this, it is this, obviously this gentleman, wrong. This gentleman won an Oscar. Alan Ladd never it, won an Oscar. Oh, How this person that? won an Oscar? Mm-hmm. And he said, if I were king. Very famous. Very famous. Huh. If I were king. Huh. Well, you've got me there, okay. kid. Okay. Okay. I'll get. I'll let somebody think about that. And All right. Keep it for so. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. But the subjunctive is hard to get, to teach younger people because it's a dreamy state. It's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. a, a hard. It's a wish that you had done something different. Yeah. Uh huh. I wish I had done something different. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah, yeah. If I were, well, actually, it could be something really awful. If I were sick, I would never have been yes. able to do what I could do today. So it doesn't necessarily oh, yeah. mean something you want to do. Yeah. Okay, I have a I really, I have a it doesn't really, have to be a good dream. It can, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a really good, good, good line for you. Okay. The first. The first chunk of garbage here is that the single sentence is 37 words long. The target is 15. The maximum is 25. This is what I used to teach in business. Target 15, maximum 25. When you go over 25 or had more than two commas, even if you go to a second comma in a sentence, rewrite it. Break it up and rewrite it. Okay, so we're talking about the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, in France. It's a monument that had been commissioned in 1806 after the victory at Austerlitz by Emperor Napoleon and is inscribed with all the names of the generals and wars fought along the inside of the Ark. Wow. (laughs) But, I mean, it was all of the generals, the names are inscribed of all of the generals who fought inside and the top of the Ark. It says all the generals' names. You know, they they had to. Oh dear me, it's just awful. All the and, wars and they how many inside. What, how many commas, Patricia? Would that have in it? Many, 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 many. Between the names. Well, let's see. And they probably no. They they didn't even bother to put in commas, oh, which makes it even more ridiculous. Names. Okay. But the generals fought the wars along the inside and the top of the ark. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Say yeah. <laughs> so it me one more time. The Unreal. general. The, it, the it, general. Says, Nicole, it's inscribed. The ark is inscribed with all the names of the generals and wars fought along the inside and top of the arch. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that <laughs> is a doozy, isn't it? My Goodness, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it was an allegedly reputable site here. So, so anyway, that's that's my gift for you tonight. I have three more, but this one was the best. <laughs> well, that that's a, that is a great one. I was going to mm-hmm. tell you something about the Ivy League schools and about. Oh yeah. Music. All <laughs> right. Uh, now listen, you all are saying it wrong. For New Englanders, yeah. Harvard is not Harvard. It's Hobbit with no R. 
Harvard, yes. Harvard, all right. Harvard. But then yes. a word like idea, there's an R on the end of it. They have great Oh, sure. Years. <laughs> oh, sure. Tuber, had it. Tuber has an R at the end, too. What does? Cuba. Which President one? Kennedy used to say President Kennedy used to say Cuber. Cuber. Oh yes. And ideas and Cuber. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Always have to stick an R in whenever you can. It's a prerequisite. So take out the R where it should be there. Oh, and they always drive a car. They drive a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, in no and car. It's a car. Now here's interesting. Way upstate New York. There is um, a relatively small section of Upper New York State that speaks this way. They have the um, the New England accent here. Uh huh. And I th- I thought you know my my aunt or aunt depending on how you pronounce it uh, yeah, was from this that. area and she, she was one of the people who would pack the car behind the van with the horses. <laughs> there, there were no R's in her sentences, none. <laughs> well, I might have told you this. I'll make it quick, but a musician friend of ours from New England asked us to meet him at a bar in New York, and he said <laughs> it was Joe Haba's bar. And we looked for H-A-B-A everywhere, and finally we asked somebody, and he said, Oh, yeah, right there, Joe Harbour's bar, and he pointed it to it, pointed us to it, and it was Harbour. <laughs> but he no was Hobbit. telling us Harbour. Yeah, the Hobbit. regional Joe accents. Bar. No, regional <laughs> accents in this country are so rich. They are just so much fun, as long as you can understand them. But <laughs> anyhow... They really are. Well, you know, uh, another reason I called in tonight, I was listening to my Norman Cohen uh, uh, CDs that you sent me, Patricia, and they're Uh so wonderful, you know, and I was trying to be a little bit uplifted. And I was just wondering what kind of programs he would write about what's going on in our country right now. Wouldn't it be interesting to hear his perspective? Absolutely. He would have a... Would, yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting? Yes. Yes, he would. I wish, we could, I wish we could have him back for a whole year just to write his perspective on one everything. Thing, one, thing, one new thing he wrote in the 90s, which is fun, he created a fictional debate with Hamilton, Jefferson, and Burr. Whoa. And that, and that it was 90 minutes with Shatner and William Shatner and other playing the roles, uh, that's a interesting piece of, uh, you know, and he, I bet he would take something like that with the different people and create something very similar today. But it's mm-hmm. a, yeah, and put it into a modern time. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he could. That'd be very good. Really interesting. Wouldn't that be interesting? Just be, yeah, it's it's wonderful. something I never would have thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Never would have thought of that. Because you know the writers that really write right now are not very. It's 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 all sensationalism. It the facts be here or there, and people messing around all the time. 
But, you know, and it's just kind of discouraging to read the newspaper. Listen, I'm a newspaper reader. I love newspapers. I don't care if it's a little bitty community paper or the Dallas Morning News or whatever. But the writing in them a lot of times is just really not not good. Can can we say atrocious? Atrocious is good. One good writer uh, uh, here in the Morning News started a sentence yesterday with lastly. Lastly, comma, <laughs> lastly, and I'm going, lastly, <laughs> firstly, secondly, lastly. Well, I'm wondering, <laughs> I, I'm wondering if because with the new paper cut back so bad, if they're taking editors and different people out of the line, the change of command. So, you know, because those guys were generally the, uh, the last proof, proofer. Uh, yeah. uh, before it ever went out. So I'm just wondering if, if we're starting to see that hit the new paper business. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, but it's... Um, it, I used to use editorials when I would teach um, writing, um, and I would teach uh, Spanish speakers how to read newspaper articles in English and all that. But, you know, I stopped doing it because they were using importantly, firstly, secondly, thirdly, lastly. Uh, I, I can't remember all the things, but finally I just got to where I very rarely did I use newspaper articles because I didn't want my Spanish speakers yeah. to learn something wrong. Yeah. And so I just, you know, I got to where I wouldn't use the editorials very much. Yeah. So, uh, uh, oh, should, should, should we follow the Vic, should we follow the Victor Borga of how to learn English? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Correct punctuation. And, yes. And, and the way he yes. did it, he went when he came to America. For people who may not know, he went to the movies. That's how he. Uh-huh. That's how he tried to absorb the American language. Yeah, and he did uh-huh. a marvelous job. But his punctuations were just the question mark, and he would do it with his fingers at the same time. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. His floor show. Yes. He was, uh, and a comma I've is a... i him, yeah. Yes. It was funny. And a period is a... <laughs> he and was just, so good. He was just in person. I've been to a party or two where he was also there. And he is a dar- He was a darling man in person, just sweetheart of a guy, but funny as the Dickens, just really, really funny. Yeah. Well, the one, if I'm remembering correctly, he was the one who would play the piano and fall off the piano stool or the piano bench. He would he would uh, run all the way up to the to the high end of the keys. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So he put it up, fall yeah. off the bench. Yeah. I got the right he one. Okay. Twirl it around real high and then act like yeah. he was falling off of it. Yeah. But that was so funny. He'd play play a long run on the piano and then go at the end with his (laughs) finger in the air. Oh, it was funny. Good stuff. I was trying to think of something to cheer me up here this afternoon, and I I started playing my Norman Cohen records that you had sent me, and I thought, I just wonder what he would be writing about today. Yeah, 
<clears throat> well, we're your cheering committee for tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to let you two All go. All right. Thank you so much. Somebody Joy. else can call in. Perfect. See you later. Thanks, Thank you. Celeste. It's good to talk uh-huh. to you. Bye-bye. I learned something this week. One of my favorite talk show hosts uh, who of today, Doug McIntyre, who's a writer, wrote for comedy. He's a historian. And he pointed out something about newspapers that I didn't wear. In the old days, did you know, Patricia, that both Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson owned newspapers? Yes. I did not know that. He, I guess Alexander Hamilton owned the New York Post. He started the New York Post. I he started not, it, yeah. yeah. I did not know uh-huh. that. Hello there, Carl. Yeah, You're he, on here. Hello. Hello. Is that you, Fred? No. John from Maryland. Hi, John. <gasps> Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing fine. And, uh, Did you bring a story tonight? Yeah, I got a few stories, but I'm going to answer oh, all okay. the questions. We'll, he already we'll knows talk. I know the answer. I, I, know, I know you know the answer. That's why I think I'm safe with you. Can John help? Can I? Can last night, Patricia? What, 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 what play with Patricia? Can, I know she was busy working on stuff. Be kind. Be nice to me now. I'm I, delicate. I had I had a trivia question for John Glory, and John came to the rescue. Oh. And okay. The, the question was, we'll, we'll simulate this, John, for Patricia. All right. And we'll and we'll make Patricia look really smart. <laughs> <laughs> the person who says I don't know first is a very smart person. Okay. What what did you did? Okay. Who who was Thomason Garrison Moffat? That was my question to John and Larry, and I said, this is a part this is a three part of that one really easy. Oh, I know this answer. Wait. And John and John had a call in. Gosh darn it, I just came across that name this week. Why would I have come across it this week? Because I you, disremember. You, I don't know. All right, John, the answer is? Garrison Moffat was Gary Moore. Very good. So, See, I knew that. Also, <laughs> he also discovered Carol Burnett. Yeah, Carol Burnett, uh, uh, Al, Alan Key, and, Alan King, yeah. and, uh, and Jonathan Tom, Winters. Tom Rick was, was up. Well, this is the thing I learned. This Alan King. Jonathan Winters and... Jonathan Bill. Winters. I could I get him mixed up with uh, somebody else. So he discovered those. But here, this is the... Because I've been going to do a lot of Beat the Band shows with Gary Moore hosting it. And this is what I found out to learn this week, Patricia. In the, in the 30s, he went by his real name on radio. Really? And... He was on. This is a, this is Gary Moore you're talking about. Correct. He okay. Was, in the thirty, he was going by Thomason Garrison Moffat. On the radio. On the radio. The show was over by the time <laughs> they got to the end of his name. And so, he was on a comedy show out of Chicago, where the comedian said, "We need to get your new name." So he ran a contest, and a woman in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, won a hundred bucks. Suggesting Gary Moore. So my question was, who was the radio comedian? And who my, suggested? And, yeah. yeah, and my clue was he became a famous character 
actor on Fibber McGee and Molly? I would guess Gail Gordon. He played your favorite, one of your favorite parts on Fibber McGee and Molly. Gail Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> one of my, fa- oh, it, well, I know Teeny didn't do it. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I really the, think of the good guy who runs the movie theater. Oh my goodness, what's his face? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we haven't played a Fibber McGee and Molly in such a long time. Oh, help me here, Ransom, Ransom Sherman. That's right, Ransom Sherman came up with the idea of getting Gary Moore a new name of Gary Moore. Okay, my I goodness, one. I'll give you another one. All right, John. Contest. An, yeah. Another contest okay. for a name. Joan Crawford. Oh, that's right. Um, Her name was LeSueur. Uh, LeSueur, <laughs> that's right. Lucille. And they had Lucio. a contest to give her a new Lucio, name. Lucille LeSueur. Joan Crawford won. Lucille LeSueur. Lucille LeSueur. That person had a sense of humor, or she would have been beaten up in the schoolyard. <laughs> I can't imagine Joan Crawford with a sense of humor. It just doesn't doesn't compute with the image I have of her. But oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And and if I were king, that was Jack Benny's neighbor. Correct. Very good. Very good. Ronald Coleman. Ronald Coleman. Yes, right. Ronald Coleman. That was his famous line in the movie. If I were king. If I were king. Yes. So well, I, that makes a whole lot of sense because England. Very Why good. not? Okay, that came from a movie from the 30s. Mm-hmm. And Pri- Prisoner of Zinza. And there was a whole famous speech where he says it to the you know, to the queen or the, no, the princess, if I were king. And mm-hmm. that's where that whole running gag came from. Oh can you talk about... Uh, um, Languages in, in Baltimore, the Baltimore area. Uh, this is confusing. They put R's in, in in words without R's. Oh, Bill Bragg does that too. He Bill pronounces Bragg Washington. Does, Bill Bragg does it too. He won't say yeah, Washington. and that's what I just said. Yeah. Washington. He, he says Washington. Yeah. Okay. Can you give me some? R in it. Can you give me some Baltimore examples? Uh, wash rag. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, the word wash is the most frequent victim, I think. Because it's, it's W-A-S-H is wash, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say wash. <laughs> I'm going to put I washed that my online. clothes on Monday. Yeah, yeah. And, and they'll say uh, words like, uh, they don't say uh, cement, they say cement. Cement, yeah. And what else? Uh, they're going to put the dishes in the zinc. <laughs> in the zinc? <laughs> That's cute. Like, these are just so wonderful to hear all of these different pronunciations. But uh, some of them are really funny when you hear people talk. Oh, and by the way, at last was it last night? Uh, yeah, it was last night. Mm-hmm. On Burns and Allen, where Gracie's running for president in 1940. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the newspaper reporters that was interviewing her, you know, as part of the show. Right. 
was uh, Elliot Lewis. Uh, young, a young Elliot Lewis. Because I can pick them out. You know, I can yep. pick out their voices. He he had a yep. very distinctive voice that you could spot in, in yeah. most cases. Yes. Yes. And it was for all the right reasons. He had a wonderful voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And talk about words. Uh, I heard a newspaper, not a newspaper, but a television reporter used the word irregardless. <laughs> and oh, I, I heard, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, he said that? Oh, I just got a shiver. <laughs> oh, thank you for not telling me. You won't do that again, would you? Oh, that is one of the biggies. Irregardless. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the biggies. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, you're a good, you're, you are a good person to help Patricia sister out, John. What things you might have delivered as a kid that we don't have delivered today? Oh, we had a lot of things that were delivered you can start with the mail, Mr. Walker, when when the mailman. Uh-huh. We never had. We never had. There was one mail truck, and the only place that he went was to the mailbox to collect. Now, no, no. Uh, uh, the postman always had to walk, and uh, we had. I told you about the Mr. Baker came around with the, the Huckster truck for the green uh-huh. green vegetables. And we had the, the rag bone. Not many people know what the rag bone is. That's junk. I don't. Yeah, the horse wagon, and we come around, and uh, we have a scale that looked like it belonged in the Smithsonian Institute. And he would weigh things, and he would actually pay you two pennies. It wasn't a lot for scrap metals and papers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But he was called the rag bone. Because they used to say rags, bones, and they, I don't know what they were actually used for, but they actually collected rags and bones. But a lot of places he wouldn't get a bone because he used to go to the butcher shop and you say, yeah. butcher, you, you, you would get a list from your mother what to pick up at the grocery store or the meat counter. And uh, then you say, have you got, Mr., do you have a bone for the dog? <laughs> that bone was his soup. <laughs> that, I was just going to say, was that the soup bone, yeah. Yep, that, that became the soup bone. You always said it's for the dog. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and they always like a doggy them. bag, yeah. But it's really a people we, bag. And we had a, a, a bread company called Bond, B-O-N-D. Yes. Uh-huh. When you wanted uh, him to stop at your house, he, he gave you a, a sign you put in your window. Oh, my. Okay. It would say bread. What a great stop. system. <clears throat> right, John, was Bond Bread one of the breads that Gene Autry supported or advertised? Was his picture on the wrapper? No. Just, he had a whole bunch of bread, uh, local, three or four bread. a local uh, 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 Distributor of bread. I don't. Oh, okay. National. Like Andre Bruce with the one. That, Andre Bruce on radio. Uh, that was a big malaprop. He couldn't get uh, bond bread out correctly without without having it sound it, a different way. 
well, how peculiar is that? Yes. Clipper craft, I can understand getting screwed up with that one. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. But Bond bread. Bond bread was the best in bread, and he he couldn't get be- b- the best out. He said it in. And Andre Baruch <laughs> on top of it. Wow. I mean, he could say anything except that. He got a famous blooper because of that. Okay. Is uh, it one you can say on the air? Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to say it. Well, no, it's one that may you say it. Well, would would we would we be fired if you said it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Oh. Are you thinking? I'm thinking, yes. I wonder if, if, if Phil Bragg would think about it. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. thinking it over. Uh, we'll figure this out. How we if, can? How can we? Okay. Pass if this if you have to, if you have to say it, if you have to be that cautious, the answer is no. You may not. <laughs> it's like a mom. Okay, mom. If you want to think about it. I'll just plan on no. Well, he 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 took he took a derivative of Beth and made it something that we associate with females. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so that's what he did. Yeah, well, you know, I I think somebody would get rattled with I that one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have to be careful not to rattle people, and I don't want to get fired. No. I mean, I like this. <laughs> I'm trying to think. We have a whole family here. I, I'm trying to think of somebody that they did get fired and never heard from them again. I can't remember <laughs> who it was. I don't know. Well, Julius LaRosa kind of faded. I mean, he didn't go away, but he faded, you know. I can't remember who it was, but I remember he said something. He didn't have a nine-seven-second delay or something uh-huh. like years ago. Oh, that was Uncle Don. Uncle Don. I can remember. Am I am I loud enough, Walden? I think so. I, I seem to. Okay. Tell tell him it was Uncle Don. How about Uncle Don? Uh, Patricia thinks it's Uncle Don. Uh, I don't remember. I knew it was. I can't remember the situation. You know. I can remember the other situation. You know what? Guardia, Mary Laguardia was reading it, the funny. It paper. turned out to be a hoax in the uh, newspaper at least. in New York and he thought the microphone was off. Mayor LaGuardia? Yep. Well, he re- we got part- excerpts of him re- reading Dick Tracy. Yeah. It's so he fun. Tracy. He did and a bad thing? The little, Mayor LaGuardia? The little, you know. <laughs> well, that was Uncle yeah, Don. Yeah, that was who, Uncle Don. That was Uncle Don who did that. That was Uncle Don? Yep. Yeah. And there is much information going around now that said it was a creation, but I don't know. There was kind of a blow-up in the aftermath, so you don't get blown up for not doing something. Mm. What do you think, Walden? Was it, is, is it well, bad history, or did it really happen? I don't know. It, 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 I can see it going either way. Mm-hmm. I, I really could. You know, um, especially if they wanted to get rid of him, 
Yeah, they just used that as, as, the writing just used that as a story. Who knows? Oh, they would have known ahead of time what his attitude was at the end of a show. Maybe it was his regular saying at the end of every show. Or, In which case, or, or, leaving, leaving the mic open would have certainly... Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, I never thought about yeah, that. Or, well, the, the thought is, some people thought, um, you know, if, if, if they wanted to relieve him of his duties, mm-hmm. and they, they did, they, they might create that as a story without people ever hearing that broadcast, you know. Yeah, that I have that theory. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. So I'll have some of the bloopers that came out decades and decades ago that are still carried over. Yes. They were manufactured. They were. They were. And that's really sad because the people whose names are associated with them wound up taking the heat for it. Correct. Not a nice thing to do. Colonel Schaefer, I think was his name, the the record producer. It'd be interesting to look him up one night to see, see what else did he produce. But that's where mm-hmm. the, that's where all the bloopers came from. Hmm. So th- he's the one we have a fight with. Correct. With whom we have a fight. Very good. <laughs> up with the preposition. Right? <laughs> oh my goodness. So John, oh my you goodness. Have, you have a World War Two story. You said last night. You said when we were talking baseball, Patricia wasn't gonna like our baseball commentary, so you, you said you might come up with a World War Two story. <laughs> uh, let me think. World War Two. Thank you for sticking up for me, John. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have liked our conversation last night. Would have been snack time. Yeah. We were talking about baseball announcers and caring from New York calls. Got a lot of famous baseball announcers are retiring at the end of this year. Yes, and I just read a note that Vin Scully has his farewell to my fans letter already drafted. I say letter, yep. his his lines that he will say after his last game. Wow. But, uh, it's, uh, uh, he Are you impressed I know that and no, I even I read it? No, that's amazing. Dick Emberg is, reti- is retiring from the Padres. Um, Bob Uke, they're trying to get Bob Uke to retire. There's a lot of famous baseball announcers that this, this might be their last year. Hmm. And then what's going to happen? Are they going to replace them with people who can't speak? Patricia, you Which got, is pretty typical. Patricia, you got a new career coming up. You're going to be the first baseball announcer in the major leagues. Wow. I may be stupid, but at least I can speak. <laughs> yeah. Some of, really? I've, you know what I'm talking about. My yeah. granddaughter yeah, people going to watch. She's not going to watch it anymore. Sports, the, the, the NFL. She's not going to watch them anymore. Ah. She's tired of the politics and the, the treating. And the, the grammar is terrible. Mm-hmm. The the commentary is awful. I don't get it. It's the politics. I just don't on, get it. The politics that's going on with the national anthems and. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's terrible. I, mean, I, I haven't watched. I haven't watched a, a program this year, which is the week four coming up NFL. Yeah, week three. Week three. Week I haven't three. watched the game, and I'm not going to. 
I can't believe it. No Neither am I. I can't believe I'm not going to either, so there. I, I can't believe it that Duke, the little school down in North Carolina today, upset Notre Dame today. <laughs> Duke! Yeah, we got enough big stories in college football. Well, college isn't, I don't think they've boycotted the national anthem. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. But whoever does SCN, I'm, I'm through with them. Good. I don't watch them anymore. Good. Go for it. Uh, that's, that's I'll have more people on my team by the end of the year than anybody else doing. No, that's not right. This is a campaign year. <laughs> never mind. We'll go for next year. And we never had we never had all this mudslinging in, in the elections either. I can remember as, as a kid when the, when the elections, we had the elections, either the Democrat or Republican, and if a Republican won or if a Democrat won, that was, it. That was our president, and we respected him. It was interesting last night, Larry and I, were talk- we played the very first Kennedy-Nixon debate last night, and how civil both of them were and very articulate. Both were extremely mm-hmm. articulate to understand and gave details what they were what they were offering to the country last night. Yes. So we're going to run all four of them. But it gets... Uh, Time to change. The contrast is astounding. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, it, to me, it's terrible, and I'm. It, I don't know. It's just so stupid that people do that, and they read all this uh, crap on the Facebook. That's why I told you, Patricia, don't get Facebook. Oh, you don't have to convince me. It's so there's so much garbage on there. And the language is atrocious, and, and small children read those things, and I can't believe it. You know that that's going on. It's terrible. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm just I'm just about through with sports. They make too much money. They don't care who they play for. Whoever pays them the most money, they have no loyalty. So why should I waste my time watching it? And that's my opinion. That's why we live in America. Everybody yep. got their it's my choice, and that's your choice. Made. You bet. So. All right. It's, what's going on is terrible. You have a World War well. II story for Patricia now. Let's see. I told you the ones about the spies at the house. Right. And let's see. I can remember once there was a place wasn't far from us where uh, it was airport. You wouldn't believe how small Baltimore Airport was. I had to send Patricia a picture of Baltimore Airport. Uh, let's see, not circa 1939. You would not okay. believe it was nothing but a field. <laughs> oh my goodness. They had grass growing on it. That was our airport. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. And I got a picture of Tyrone Power and his wife landing in, in this in, on this field. And they and then they had to find a cab that would 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 take them to Baltimore City, which was about oh, about 15 miles away. And uh, 
I got a picture of them getting off. This, it was a Capital Airlines. I don't believe they were in existence anymore. Capital Airlines plane around 1939. And uh, it, was, <laughs> it was so funny to see this airport. Where they, they didn't call it an airport. They called it a field. It was Logan Field. And the, rate, the way it got its name, Logan Field, L-O-G-A-N, was that was a a pilot that crashed his plane trying to land. He crashed mm-hmm. his plane, and his name was Logan, so they called it Logan Field. Now, <laughs> was he uh, was he in the military? No. Uh-uh. So this was not a military flight. <clears throat> but they had a lot of they had a lot of airplanes. They were, they were called Piper Cubs. I don't know if Steve still make them, and you could uh, get a ride in one. I think it was mm-hmm. $5. Dollars. I said, who can afford that? Well, in the airplane for $5. Dollars. That's too expensive, even. You see, think about it. In the 20s and 30s, it was still big stories. Pilots doing, um, you know, barnstorming things in the 20s to yes. mm-hmm. power shoes, trying to speed, speed records in the 30s. It was just a lot of still so new. For the airlines, yeah. everything was so big, so I could see why we didn't have major air, airport, air, airports. It was you're right, airfield. Sure, no 747s landing there. No. Well, that's a big and I'm on the ground with the welcome home parties. You remember that? <laughs> the what party? Welcome home. So I'm. I will not jump out of an airplane. I will not go up in. A, a rocket, I will not kiss the Blarney Stone. I will be at home that's, conducting that's, the welcome home parties for everybody who wants to do that stuff. I did the Blarney Stone. <laughs> I know you said that. And then you told me that you could see the people at the bottom of the of the crevice <laughs> waving to you. And that cements it, that's all. It's, it's uh, you, pro- you probably couldn't do anything like that in this country. They wouldn't allow it. But they're, uh... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what, you know, they, uh, makes you wonder what kind of custom we have today that would be unique to the country. You know, somewhat like kissing the Barney Stone in Ireland <laughs> would be today. There yeah. probably are. Here? Hmm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we have anything like that in this country. They have a lot of things that you can do in other countries that you can't do. Yeah, I, not for entertainment. I think in another category, the for people who visit the Vietnam War Memorial mm-hmm. and do the, I, I, I can't remember what you call it when you run a pencil over a piece of paper and you get the impression of the name and the date, oh, yes. I think the War Memorial is probably a destination for an awful lot of people. And it's going to stay that way for a very long time, probably forever, I, I think, hope. I was thinking there was a famous movie that the same Kenny and Doris Day are based upon West Point. And this, wasn't there a famous uh, a, a rock, or maybe that was just part of the movie, that people would kiss up at near West Point. So you would... Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. No, I never heard that's, that. That's, that's flirt, flirtation rock. Yeah, that's flirt- right. That was a uh, flirtation rock, and that was uh, a movie, and it was starring Dick Powell. 
and he did all the singing, and he did an excellent job. When he was when, hmm. before he lost his voice, okay. he was an excellent singer. So maybe that's something uh, you can look up about West Point history, Patricia. I'm, even Where as you speak. Can walk. Let's see, an overhanging rock. Let's see. Flirtation walk. How about that? Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Flirtation. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, where? Okay, flirtation walk. Uh, and this is. I have to make sure I get a West Point site. You just never know. West Point has its quota of unique customs. We need that one, right? Right. I think that's a safe Um, point to be. All right. Let's see. Rock. Okay. Flirtation walk. Flirtation walk is the center of many romantic episodes. It is merely a winding path in the hills along the river, but for generations it has just been what the name implies, flirtation walk. In a rather secluded spot is a rock overhanging the walk. Tradition says that this rock will fall and, oh my God, (laughs) tradition says that this rock will fall and crush any girl who refuses to kiss while under it. There is no man in the core at present time who can say it. That that happened, isn't that? And oh my gosh! In, in Annapolis, Ooh. Annapolis, Maryland, at the Naval Academy, they got uh, the Indian chief Tecumseh, and uh, the plebes have to climb uh, for their initiation into the Naval Academy. They have to climb, uh-huh. it. but first they smear lard all over it. Yeah, grease or oh, lard. Gee. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> My uncle, my uncle was in Annapolis, and I think the biggest. My mom remembers graduation day. That's when all the police would throw their caps up in the air. You know the yep. big. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Eisenhower spoke at his graduation, so my mom remembers. Oh my! Remembers that. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice place to visit, Annapolis. We went down and uh, that's where John Paul Jones is laid out. Of course, that's not his real name, John Paul Jones. It's not. What is John Paul Jones' real name? I don't know, but he, he he adopted that. He wanted to have he adopted the United States as his country, and he wanted to have a name that was truly American. So he took the name Jones. What was the famous line? I I will I will I will go I, down with the ship. No, he said. Uh, whoop, wait a minute. I should know that. Wait a minute. I do know it. Um, it's not give up the ship. That's not it either. Okay. We I've started the enemy, and they are ours. I'm not sure if okay. that's even. I have not yet begun to fight. Fight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think that's it, though. That was John Paul Jones. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think he's quoted. Oh, here we go again. Okay. <laughs> we have not yet begun, and that was an anniversary just this last week. Mm. Not. Who said? That's a good uh, American <laughs> We're off and running on this one. Oh, yeah. John Paul Jones in the Battle of 1779, I have not yet begun to fight. That was when the British insisted on a surrender. 
And he said no. And his crew actually won the battle. Their yeah, ship wow. was disabled. Their cannons were down. They, they, they just brought out everything that they could, including the 500 prisoners that they had below. And they won. Who said when I, I regret I only have one life to give to my country? You know, I always get Ethan Allen and Nathan Hale mixed. I'll say Nathan Hale. Very good, Patricia. Okay. And you know how old he was? He, when it, oh, he was just a kid. He was right. like 19. 19, correct. He was 19 when he said that. Boy, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> no more for me. It's nice to use history lessons, right? Oh, That's good. it. I have not yet begun to fight. fight. And I, I sent you that one about the Battle of Fort McHenry. Yes, and, and that, that was really nice to watch. I had read the story and seen some information about it, but watch, that was really good. Watch that. I watched that, and I, had, I shed a tear came to my eye when I, when I read mm-hmm. it. It's such a good job on that. What they went through in that battle? I think, wow. about, I think about these people today, how to disrespect, you know. They ought to read, uh, listen, watch that video. That was really something to see. Yeah. And yeah. they were holding up. They were holding up the flag, and all the guns were trained on the flag. And they hundreds and hundreds of shots at that flag. And the person, the person holding the flag up would die. He put another one there, and he'd go right up in there, and he'd hold that flag. Mm-hmm. You know, and they would run another one up, and they wouldn't stop. And finally, the next day, the British went home. They went home. Yeah, couldn't believe. They thought they couldn't beat them, and they couldn't. And these they couldn't. They actually sat soldiers along the shoreline to make it look like they had men with weapons along the the um, entry points. it, It was just an incredible story. Just an incredible story. I tell you what, it made me cry. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just horrible how they disrespect our national standard, you know, but nothing I can do about it. Um, some of us still hang in there, and maybe we're contagious, I hope. Wouldn't that be nice, Walden, if we were contagious? Uh-huh. One person at a time. That's, what, that's, that's uh, all we need. That's all we mm-hmm. need. Yep. One person tells two, two people tell four. Four people tell eight, and so it goes. But up here where I live now, Mrs. Yeah. Scott Key's law office is still there and is still as a, uh, rented by a lawyer. Really? Wow. Oh, what an exciting thing. Yeah, it's still, it's up here in Frederick, Maryland. That's where he had his uh-huh. law office, and it's still a law office. Was Frederick, Maryland, originally the capital of Maryland? When? No, I think that the original capital uh, was, uh, let's see, it was, I think Joppa, Maryland, I think, was, might have been the first capital. Okay. There was, a, there was a big sign as you enter it, you know, the original capital or something like that. But uh, okay. Baltimore, uh, one of the churches up there is older than Baltimore City, and it's right across the street from the... Uh, from the uh, city hall. Mm. It's right across the street. In fact, the church is so old that it was used as a hospital during the Civil War. 
but uh, I, I go there once in a while. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, mm. but, well, John, it is always so good to talk to you, and I'm so glad you called. Well, I think I have to get a good story for you from World War II story. <laughs> okay. Coming up besides, uh, let's see, what's coming up? Pearl Harbor. That's true, the 75th anniversary later this year. I can remember... I can remember uh, when that happened in uh, Pearl Harbor. It was on a Sunday, yep. and we went to school Monday. And uh, during the school, they were talking about the teachers were teaching about Pearl Harbor. None of us ever heard of Pearl Harbor, and uh, they were showing us we had to go to the, to the globe. You always had to have a globe in your school class, yep. and uh, we had to look up. We had to find Hawaii. And a lot of people didn't even know where Hawaii was. Yeah. And then, and then with, with the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor, we were in Pearl Harbor. <laughs> and I can remember we had to go to the Globe and and uh, show the teacher where Pearl Harbor was. Wow. But can you believe that? Was, yep. Yep. And I can remember the cars driving around, blowing their horns. And uh, we had uh, one place there where you could recruiting office. You had to stand in line. The men were standing in line to go in there to volunteer and service. Amazing mm. time. Just they were act, absolutely volunteering. They were, yeah. It was just, you had to stand in line to, to get in there. And I probably told you about the uh, the scoreboard. We call it the scoreboard up in the park. All the, the people, all the boys that... Uh, were in the service, yeah. and women. There were some women on there, too, but they didn't have the wax and all that yet. I think that was before that. They had another name. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. And uh, when there was a little gold star there, we knew that person was killed in action. Yes. And another, I can't remember the color of the star that was missing in action. And uh, everybody would stop by there, and a lot of people would, Stop and shed a tear, and that's what yeah. it was then. And I'm so. Mm-hmm. I think the missing was blue. Was it? Am I correct on that, Walden? That sounds right. It, it might have been blue. Yeah, I think that's right. I remember gold was they were missed. We were killed in action. Yeah. But, well, uh, Mom was saying the gold star mothers. My dad used to always talk about the gold star mothers. But you can see they, you can see the stars in the windows. Yeah, everybody had to, all the. People who had sons and daughters in the service had it in their window, and uh, <clears throat> I was I'm just so so happy that I was born when I was, yeah. and uh, uh, I'm just so disgusted with the way things are now, and uh, I'm just so happy that I lived when I did. Amen. So they can take it for what it's worth. All right, John. I want to. I don't want to get uh, you know too hung up here because <laughs> I'm past my bedtime and I. I know you gotta brush your teeth. That's already done. <laughs> you I already got that. that. Okay, you got your. You, you got did your, that already. You got okay. Your teeth, you got so your you're you're ready to go. I don't have my pajamas on yet, though. Okay, see, you're right, you're behind the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my daughter was. My daughter went up to see uh, Elton John. Uh, last night, they stayed overnight at a hotel up there. Her and some 
two other girls. They went up there. To, ah. But uh, that was their thing. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, I'll let you. All right, John. Call. else talk because I'm going to hop into bed. Sounds good, John. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you, John. Right. Good night. Good night. Good night. All right. There's our buddy, John. 714-545-2071. Saturday night, September the 24th, year 2016. You can give Patricia a call. Oh, that was my job, and I failed. No, no, I just jumped ahead. You, you were going to do it in the middle of the show. So I'll go at you. No, I it. wouldn't. I would have forgotten. No, you don't ever forget. Oh, you dear. Don't, you you don't. know, part of, part of me is back to normal, and the rest of me is still out to lunch. No, no, no. You, 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 you were going to do it in the middle of the show. You, you're always perfect. <laughs> We don't know when the middle is. That's right. That's why you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> you let me off the hook once again. Hello there, Carl. You're all with, with the gal who don't know what time the middle of the show is. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't even know where she is. I do. You do? I know. She's in Florida. Very good, Gary. I like Her that. apartment. Oh, now how we how do we know that? I mean, I could have my cameras in there. Yeah, well, see, I could have. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't oh, want to say that. You better not say that because Patricia will get <laughs> nervous if that was the case. Well, you guys have a good night, okay? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings from the great wet north. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Is it terrible and cold? No. Um, Is it just the, terrible? Um, the south west corner of Wisconsin uh, got flooded. Yeah. Oh, not no, as, not another area. Not as bad as Louisiana did, but... Uh, yeah. There was... Uh, uh, are you going to sing the fight song tonight, Gary? The fight song? Yeah. I don't even know it. Oh, gee, okay. Are you getting out of hand again? <laughs> Well, Already? They, had, they had another big victory. They, I thought all our Wisconsinites would sing the fight song. Oh, oh, I was about to say they who, silly me. <laughs> oh, that's the college thing. That's right. No, I, if I follow anything, I follow just the Packers. I'm, I'm not a sports person. Yeah, but it, it's a state thing. It's a state thing, but I didn't even know we were supposed to do it. Okay, can you sing the song, though? No, I don't even know it. Okay. The only thing I know is I I think the title of it is uh, it might be Fight on Wisconsin. Oh, you're close. Or on (laughs) Wisconsin. Very good, Gary. So there, Walden. So there. Very good. Very good. That's what it is. You know, if not, not, Patricia will look up the words and send it to all our Wisconsinites. And they can sing it every time Wisconsin wins. Oh, well, no, she won't. Not here. <laughs> no, she won't. Are you planning to sing the song? No, she won't. Okay. I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, uh, you're talking about a f- one of those football team yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. You versus Wisconsin won a big game today. They won a big one a month ago. So I just uh-huh. I just thought all our Wisconsin callers would just would want to sing the fight song. How many on this show will care? I mean, present at this moment. I'll care. Well, as of That's one. Wait, it sounded like last night. There's been quite a few. 
I mean, it, last night's show was all sports. I just, I was kept waiting. You're kidding. Are we going to do something? Well, I'm so glad you got rid of it then. <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, Friday night's bad shows. The Uh-oh. one, the first first fifteen minute part was horrible. Uh-huh. The second which, one, which, I really liked that show. Oh dear, Same which guy, program was it? I liked the I liked the story. I really liked that story. Which so, program was it played um, last night? Gosh, it wasn't Black Magic. I know that because oh, no, that no no no. Um, it was some. It was somebody else that he did all the voices in it. And oh, Paul Freed? No, 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 no. Um, oh, he well, not the airplane one. Uh, 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 the 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 um, Tom Powers, but that should have played already. Tom Powers did all of the voices on that show. Let me see. Recorded. You you had... saying that uh, uh, you you said that it, in the beginning no, that uh, uh, these shows did not do him justice, but he was later in um, other shows that he where he made his fame or something like this. Could it have been? No. Are you a genius? Was that was that a two-parter? No, it was. Are you a genius? No. It wasn't a quiz show. Okay. No, it's it not was. a quiz show. Oh gosh, I wish. Um, I calling all detectives and believe it or not, that one should have played already. What was the storyline? Remember, Gary? Um, I think it was. Uh, like I said, I wish I had a long-term memory, uh, or a short-term memory. Um. I think it was about the uh, the boat. It was about a boat. Let me see. I did hear a story about a going a boat going to uh, to China. That may not be the right one. Um, well, believe it or not, was up in Albany, and that one was paired with Calling All Detectives, but that one should have played earlier than last night. And we had Black Magic. Maybe it was Tom Powers. Was it um, Tom Powers' life stories? And one of them had him in a radio tower. Yeah, that's it. The radio tower. That was. That that's was the one. Okay. That was the that was the one I liked. Yeah, the t- the radio okay. tower. Yeah. I kept buzzing. The, the tower. Mm-hmm. Of the two of them, that was the better of the two. You're absolutely right. That I really enjoyed that story. Okay, I'll take it off my bad list. Yeah, just that part. But the other part, the other <laughs> one, you can leave that one on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I thought it was a little overdone, but, um, but you're right. That was much better than the first one. The program. Just before you guys came on, it was on from nine to nine thirty. It was the one. Um, it was the, uh, the the so-called feud between Jack Benny and. Um, right Alan. Yeah, and it it had uh, 
Jack and his wife and Fred and his wife. Basically, that was all that was on the program, and it was it was really horrible. I mean, it it just it was like it was dragging on, and they, it just it was bad. <laughs> and I've hardly ever you know uh, I've never heard, I've hardly ever heard anything bad from Jack Benny. I think that was the time when they were the guests on Fred Allen's show. Yeah, it was. And uh, and I think I've heard, we have that, and they probably didn't know what to do, you know? And, well, Fred was playing his, uh, what what, is he play, what did he play? The, not the clarinet, the clarinet or oboe? Yeah, one of those, right. Or what, what yeah, it? and then, um, and then uh, Jack was playing his violin. Mm-hmm. His typical horrible way he just plays horribly on radio. <laughs> Screech. Yeah, which you gotta love that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, uh, I think for uh, an ongoing serial type skit that they did, it just kept going and going and going. I think that was made for separate shows. Putting the two of them together must have been a disaster. It's have you ever, have you two ever heard the the wrap up show? Remember the, the Benny Allen feud started in '36 with Stuart Kanan, and then mm-hmm. about three or four months later, they tried to do a wrap up show, the Battle of the Comedians or whatever, and it was almost anticlimactic the way they, I think like March of '37. It's just they didn't know how to wrap it up, and maybe they why yeah. it was so clumsy, it just took off, but. It, it, Clumsy is a great word. That's perfect. Perfect and, word. And the other thing was Monday night in the debate. It's mm-hmm. going to be 90 minutes long, no commercials. No commercials. Larry will be thrilled. No breaks, and no nothing? Huh? I, I think what Larry's 90 hoping, minutes? I'm hoping, I think what Larry's looking for is is when they do don't do any commentary on top of the debate, so he's looking for a clean copy. So. Yeah, it's but that's got it. That's, okay, that's the format of the of the of the whole show. Right, ninety minutes, no commercials. It doesn't matter who gets sick on camera, yeah. whatever. They're going to get sick, and it's just it's going to be on camera, and almost the way it sounds like they're only going to have like three cameras. Uh, one on uh, Clinton, one on uh, Trump, and and then one on the monitors. You know the, the who's on the stage, yeah. Questions. That's the way it sounds mm-hmm. going to be. That's it. And uh, we could have done with a little more simplicity before we even got here. That's great. I'm I'm really happy that you're telling me that. But that's that was my that's my understanding of what I've been reading about the whole show mm-hmm. for Monday night. It's mm-hmm. ninety minutes, no commercials. Huh? And that's How about that? What I've been getting from from other commentary, you know, stuff that I read and other comment, uh, other um, talk show hosts that have been commenting on the the program mm-hmm. the way it's supposed to happen. So. Well, she will help. That's good. Thank you for the update on that. All right. Any okay. So the yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say the question for tonight is, 
what came to your door or to your street when you were growing up that we don't have today? For example, people got knocks on the door from the mailman who was delivering their mail or bakery trucks that showed up with chocolate cakes and bread and stuff like that there. I still get my mail at my door every day. Really? I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we have postmen all over town. They, they walk the routes. And then, um, oh, my goodness. Then if you live out of town, then you have the rural routes. Um, mm-hmm. The only people ha- who have to go to the post office to get mm-hmm. mail is those who want to have a post office box or the homeless. And they have to have some place to get some kind of mail. Yeah. That's the only people that have to go to the post office to to get mail. I'll be darned. I think I mentioned this last week. My my first cousin, Mike Hughes, lived in a small town in Iowa, Chambers, Iowa, a town of 500 people. What they do, the post, the post office delivered the mail to the bank. And my, my cousin Chris works at the bank, so as she handles the mail for people in the town, they all come to the bank to pick up their mail. So that's how some cities do it. That's good for the banks. Some pla- some places had the banks. Some places had uh, uh, local grocery store. Um, I something, uh, guys. Where did the term generally do- general delivery come from what does it really mean that general delivery from the way i understood it that goes to the main post office as in you know it just it just goes there as one big lump and you go up and it's uh the whoever whoever the workers are they sort it by name and then you just go to there and say i've got one in general delivery my name is and and then they go back and... It was so interesting this week, I was listening to Gary Moore now beat the band, and he was giving out, okay, uh, this contest. And all you did, you just sent the kicks, Minneapolis, Minnesota. No zip right. code, no nothing. No. And if you wanted to contribute to something, you would just send it to New York. Yes. Fox XYZ, New York. Right. Yeah, that would go Amazing. to the, the main the main office. Is where it would go to. And then, as towns and cities got bigger and bigger, they t- turn wind up getting bigger in uh, more uh, um, postal zones in the area. Yeah, I was just think um, when we had the food thing, they sent a oh gosh, a, a care package. They sent a care. Remember, that's all. That's all you need to mm-hmm. think about. Just send it to care. Well, it's like the Santa Santa Claus letters every year. You just put it Santa Claus North Pole. Uh-huh. It, it, technically, it just goes to the local post offices, and they put it in their Santa Claus file. Or, you know, there are a couple of couple of places that take all this mail, and then they. You try to uh, t- try to answer it. Yeah, yeah. I think the kids who want a Lamborghini convertible probably don't get much of a response. Yeah, I don't think 
Dewey would get one, but <laughs> no, <laughs> can't do it, guys. You know that's an interesting. Not this I year. bet. I wonder if I bet there must be a story where a kid, somebody reads a kid letter and really does something for it. Mm-hmm. There must be cases like that. They do. Yeah, they do. Many post offices have. They set aside the letters, and townspeople come in, and they choose letters and take care of the kids. Um, didn't you interview the mayor of Santa Claus, Alaska? Uh, the North Pole, yep. We, uh, re- we read it in North July. Pole, Alaska, and Santa Claus, Indiana. Right. Okay. We ran those in July. Oh, in Christmas, Florida, oh. and Holly, Michigan, yep. and Bah Humbug, Arizona. Yep. Who else did we have in there? Those are the ones I remember that we ran this past July. Good, Patricia. How am I doing? You're, good. You're doing awesome. We did. We tried for a Christmas tree. We couldn't get a Christmas tree, people. I I guess I guess I I sent an email. I guess you're gonna have to be more aggressive to get on the phone. I guess. You know, where we actually grow Christmas trees. Oh, oh and that's right. Chad did send that, right? Yeah, and maybe you can okay. find it. And, maybe, and we're going to have to follow up with Dave. Dave found the Santa Claus school. That's right. So we need that's to get, right. Fancy we need, to the stars. Yeah, we need to get that one done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grow Christmas trees all over here in Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin and Michigan are big, big, big in Christmas I trees. Think isn't, isn't, yes. isn't like Michigan? Michigan, the Christmas tree capital, or is it Oregon, one of those? Michigan yeah. or Wisconsin, I would think Michigan. Yeah. I think most of the Christmas trees that arrive here are from Michigan. So let's see. You guys keep talking. Christmas trees, because it's almost Christmas. Walden says so. That's How many true. shopping days, Walden? Uh, I'll figure this out. Let's see. Today is only the <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, thir- uh, 12 let's weeks. Let's see. So today's the 6th. So we have 31 in October, right? Gary, you see, that's 37 days. Uh, how many days in November? Is it 30? 30. 30 days have September, April, June, and November, yes. So 30 there, so that's 67. Now, how do we count Christmas shopping days in December? You Is it count until the 24th. Yeah. Yeah, the 24th. Includes the 24th. So that's 91 days till Christmas. That's all? It's wow. Less- Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> I bet you go to the stores, you'll probably find the Christmas decorations out by now, probably. Oh, yep. <gasps> Barbara said she was in Lowe's yesterday uh-huh. in Alabama, in her area of Alabama, and they were putting out Christmas stuff. No kidding. No kidding. It's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> I know. I know. We just got past Labor Day. Oh. Um, Before long, we're going to start putting Christmas stuff out in July. Well, that's the, uh, we we've been working on Christmas July, so we're going to get this done. Well, yeah. We're going to get. It Don't done. mind having you know the Christmas in July thing. You yeah. know that's that's kind of a neat. You know, right. every six months have a Christmas yeah. party, but. Is this possible that Indiana is the Christmas tree capital? It could be. 
Indiana. It's over and over. Indiana, Indiana, Indiana. Wait, is there an Indiana, Pennsylvania? Yeah, because that's where Jimmy Stewart's hometown is. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh That's it. It's not the state of Indiana. It's Indiana, Pennsylvania. It's called the Christmas tree capital of the world. Because that's where the Jimmy Stewart Museum is at. It says, home of the great Jimmy Stewart. It's also the Christmas tree. It does. It says, it, it, even, you, you said it before I got to that sentence on the website here. It says, home of the great Jimmy Stewart. There are many tree farms with reassuring signs along Route 422 West. Remember that if you're traveling to Pennsylvania. And explore thousands of oddball tourist attractions. Isn't this a hoot? What a sight I found. Roadside America. Oh, that's that was a okay. great sign. That's a great URL. Roadside. Roadside. Roadsideamerica.com. Wow. How about that? that hey, like a that's, fun a, place. that's a good thing. Family, if you find a fun website out there, send it to Patricia. She's always looking for neat things to visit. So... Oh gosh, yes. Yeah, so you oh have, gosh, yes. If you have a, a and fun, I'm one of the. You got a fun website saying to floridawriter at hotmail.com. I have to go through the. I've got a whole bunch saved in my bookmark, so I have to go through them. And there you go. I know I've got a couple of really good ones in there. Oh, fun! I really love fun stuff. I can probably only deal with one at a time because I'm one of these hoppity skippity bunnies. I'll, I'll say, oh, this is really fun. Oh, look, they've got another link over here. And I go to the next link, and I just keep going and going. I can start out in China and wind up in Alaska. That's that's how I wind up doing them, too. <laughs> it's so much fun. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. Well, Gary, thank you bunches for calling. Uh, well, this Dropbox. Yeah. Now, I just, uh-huh. do I just send you... An email saying I want to do Dropbox, or okay, if you go to Dropbox, let me think. Go to Dropbox, and it will ask you who you want to invite. And when you want to invite me, use the email floridawriter33 at hotmail dot com. That's the one that I use for Dropbox. Okay, three three. All right. Mm-hmm. Florida writer. You download mm-hmm. Dropbox, it's free, and then you'll want to, when you want to set up a new, a new file or server, then that's when you send it to Patricia. Okay. Really simple. Yeah. The instructions are really very simple, and the process is very simple. They'll ask you for your email address and a password. And then you can go ahead and begin to register. It's a free account. Nobody ever asks you for money. And it really is a wonderful convenience. So you'll be able to send stuff to me. I'll be able to send stuff to you. And it'll, it'll be a great way to um, keep up with stuff. Stuff. We've never talked about stuff recently. Stuff. So, okay. Can you do that? FloridaWriter33 at Hotmail.com is my Dropbox address that I use. Okay. All right. I got that. Great. I was trying to be the first one in because I wanted to say Gary Moore so bad. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I 
All you had to do is for me and more. (laughs) Oh, man. You may have a gold star anyway because you knew it. We'll give you gold for effort. Because I I was listening last night. (laughs) See? You knew. You knew. All right, Gary. Ready? Well, I guess that's my list of stuff for tonight. Stuff. Good. And thank you for asking about Dropbox, because I forgot to give the different email address for it. I mean, if somebody yeah. sends one to floridawriter at hotmail.com, I'll make sure that you get the Dropbox email. But that's the one that I use for Dropbox, floridawriter33 at hotmail.com. And if we can connect, I can send you bunches of stuff, and it won't cost a fortune. And Patricia, and a nice name, Patricia doesn't have to sneak out of the apartment, so it's really, I don't have to, really good. For I don't you. have to put shoes on to send stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's rich. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. That's a goodie. Okay, Gary. Well, you have a great week, and behave yourself, one or the other. And I'll try to figure out some more stuff. For this week. Perfect. Stuff. Stuff. Yes. Stuff. Yes. Best word in the whole wide world. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Gary. Till next week, then. Till next week. Okay. Right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Yeah, stuff comes in big packages, small packages, little packages. Stops and evens and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. It's an all-purpose word. Stuff. It's like an all-purpose cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) What what oh other, what gosh. other word is more flexible than stuff? I don't think there is one. Stuff to do. Except yeah, but yeah, but maybe Ooh. yeah, but no. Nah, that that always refers to something specific. Stuff. Just, Where were you? Where, what were you doing downtown? Stuff. What what's all this all over your bedroom? Stuff. stuff. It it just it what's, works. What, what's inside this? What's inside this artwork? Stuff. Stuff. <laughs> I think for an omelet, I'd rather have a little bit more specificity is the word I'm, I'm searching for. Specificity. See, until, so. until you came into my, my life, I never knew, yeah, but with a, with a, a catchphrase either. So, <laughs> I didn't know it until I, I, went, I went to work. It was good. It, was, it belonged to one nursing instructor. I don't want to hear any yabbits. What the heck is a yabbit? (laughs) I don't want any of these students coming in and saying, this happened. And you'd say, why? What was going on? She was really tough. She was like an Army nurse. She might have been an Army nurse. Probably were. I don't want to hear any yabbits. Yeah, but this happened. Or yeah, but I was doing that. Or yeah, no yabbits. 714-545-2071. Our number, you can give us a call. Can you tell of a gal who who was an army nurse? Would they would they be, would they have a certain? Uh, I don't know. Charisma? That's an interesting question. I th- I think it it would depend on. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll stick with that. I do not know. Okay. I I worked with a navy nurse. Okay. And she was a she was a do my own thing type person. Well, let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this way, because you were you were mm-hmm. in administration. Could you tell? Uh, could would uh, nurses have different expertise? Would they have a different personality traits? So in other words, that would work in 
care. That's, you know, that's interesting. Emergency yeah. care would have a different trait compared to somebody who was working with a different set of patients. Would there be personality? I, I will have to say yes, but I never put much thought into that, Walden. What an interesting thing. Yes, a pediatric nurse mm-hmm. or an obstetrical nurse would would have uh, have to have a different personality than the you know really aggressive and wham bam right. of an emergency room you're right right, right. Yeah, i would think never so. never thought about it shame on me thank you for thinking about it no problem that's what i'm here for <laughs> that's what you're here for <laughs> well i have some little stuff if the phone if the phone isn't ringing i have stuff for you all right let's do the stuff okay do you know what a democracy is according to benjamin franklin you don't because I'm going to tell you. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. <laughs> I love this show. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you. Okay. Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Very Liberty. Good. Liberty, he followed with. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. That was good. I like that one. The lamb is well-armed, and he's contesting the vote. What's for dinner? Okay, I have a just... Of our American heroes. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin has to be the top top ten in terms of character, bigger than life, personality. Bigger than life, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When it comes to little pieces of wisdom, Samuel um, Samuel Johnson, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about him except that he was a colonial person right. who has more quotes in, in my quote books than any single person. Samuel Johnson said everything. And I don't think we, we could tell you anything. We probably build houses according. Yeah, hmm? I don't think we could tell you anything about him. I'm going to have to do that for next week, aren't I? Yep. Or maybe if you keep talking on the phone, I could do it tonight. <laughs> okay, Archie Goodwin. Oh yeah. I'm reading. I'm reading one of the earliest books or earlier. Oh, I guess I just finished it. Never mind. I finished a Nero Wolf, but it was early on, so their personalities were still developing. Right. And, and that's last week. I was complaining that. Rick Stout kept using the word that instead of who in appropriate places. And this is it. Archie Goodwin described Nero Wolf in, this is in quotation marks. Now, you know Nero Wolf is a very portly character. Right. He never leaves his home. It, it has to be something absolutely extraordinary. I don't know how many times in all of the squillion books and stories that Rick Stout wrote about Nero Wolf, I can't imagine that he was out of the house more than ten times in all of that time, and one of them, at least one of them, was to rescue <laughs> Archie from the police department. But anyway, Archie described Nero Wolf, he's very lazy and scared to death of moving objects, especially things on wheels. He hated, he would hold on to anything he could grab if he had to go out in a car. This burly, brusque, portly person who would control anything within his reach was scared to death of a car. And I thought that was really a nifty personality characteristic that when when you create a character, he cannot be 
all bad. For example, the villain cannot be all bad. He has to have some redeeming quality. He'll wind up hating the bad guy and hating what he does, but he has to have some redeeming quality, even if it's an exceptional kindness to his dog. And when you have somebody who's all good or he's your protagonist, he has to have something off kilter from this 100% sweet person or in control person. And in Nero Wolf's case, he hated to, he would not go out. He would not go outside his home. Am I by myself? No, I was just thinking. I don't know if that's a. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good, a good premise or not to have for a character. To to have a flaw. To have all one hundred this or one hundred of that. Oh no! It and it will just break a piece of otherwise good work. No, you cannot have a hundred percent good personality and a hundred percent bad. Why not? There has to be some because the characters are unbelievable. Well, who cares? Who gives? Yeah, who cares? Oh, who cares? Yeah. The reader. It, well, it, if I'm a it, reader, a story, I don't necessarily looking for a flaw in my hero or a you won't. good trait. You won't look for it, but when he has one, it it has him on a human level. But Otherwise, see, you've got somebody floating around in heaven. Well, next time you're, you're reading something, and I'm talking fiction, yeah. of yeah. course, anytime you are reading a piece of fiction and you listen to the protagonist, there's going to be something that is not 100%. He either speeds in the car or chops down trees in somebody's property. Yeah, but. Hmm? Yeah, but. Yeah. No, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Got to do it. Got to do it. I don't, think, I don't think it's necessary. Well, if it didn't happen in your book, you would know it. You would stop enjoying the book. No, I don't think <coughs> because it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. You've never seen it or or read it. See, see, that's why I, I don't mind having a one hundred percent either way. I don't think it would bother the story to me. I think it would affect the story. I don't think it matters. In fact, and and it it affects. It, allow me to do this. It sounds absolute, and I don't mean there is no such thing as an absolute. It does harm the story if you get a hundred percent personality in one direction or the other you cannot have a hundred percent bad guy i think we did well we've probably had them in real life but in writing it doesn't work yeah but i'm thinking for, for I'm yeah, but. Pro- <laughs> but professor Moriarty. yeah there you did yeah but what yeah professor but yeah but, yeah, but. Okay, what was Hannibal the, Lecter. What was the, uh, what I don't know. The, I don't know what you could find redeeming what, about Hannibal what, Lecter. What was the good quality of Professor Moriarty? Oh, well, he I mean, liked he, to eat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was a pretty. <laughs> when you agree, I mean, the the writer who wrote Professor Moriarty was a pretty good writer. <laughs> I think Conan Doyle was a very good writer. You are. So right. You are so right. He had a sense of self-love. He loved himself. And some of the really good things he did were things that he did well. Didn't necessarily affect his personality too much, but he was even more masterful in his disguises than Sherlock Holmes. And you had to appreciate and admire that. That was an admirable characteristic because he was so so good 
at disguises. I'm not convinced. <laughs> when I when I heard the silence, I figured that out all by myself. All by myself. Okay. I'll see what I can find. The next time I come across a really bad book, I'll stick with it for a while and see if I can find some examples. I don't want to trash my really good ones, but there are some really awful things. I you know, I'm, you know, I, I download freebies. I know, yeah. And sometimes I get some really good ones. They have to wade through an awful lot of stuff in order to get to some of them, but some of them are really good. And I will stick with more than 10 pages of a really bad one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, you can get through a whole book without using lousy language. You, you just don't need the, the trash words. Right, you don't. And you just don't. Look at what Arthur, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle did with Sherlock Holmes. You don't find a bad word in there no. anywhere. No. These are all gratuitous. So, so that's why I'm wondering if that's a writer's false premise. A writer's false premise having, to that, use that, those kinds of words? No, no. That having a character has to, be, has to have some kink in the armor. No, it's not a false premise. I think it is. Well, <laughs> it's okay. It's not true. <laughs> so there. I don't think it. I think it's just a false premise. But it isn't. Yes, it is. Yes, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really will, true. It's, will, it's, it's will, one of the principles of good fiction will, writing. Well, I will challenge you. Yes. To write a good story with 100% characters in both ways. I couldn't and, do it. And you could do it. If it would be, I could put words on paper. It wouldn't be a real character because there is no such thing as a 100% good person and a 100% bad person. But it's fiction. It doesn't matter. Because it's fiction, it probably matters most. You're expecting <laughs> people to pay for these things. And they're not going to pay for a really 100% cutesy. Yeah, but see, for kids' stories, they would. <laughs> like for kids' stories. Oh, yeah, but with. Huh? For kids' stories, they would. With kids' stories? Yes. Let me think. Hmm. I mean, what's, what's bad about Winnie the Pooh? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, close. Except he tries to steal honey sometimes. Well, that's true. He was hungry. That's true. You can <laughs> excuse everything. But even Winnie the Pooh stole honey. Now, when we get to something like the Cat in the Hat and green, what is it? Green scrambled egg. Uh, green egg and ham. Green egg, egg, ham and green, or green eggs and ham, or. What's the name of the book? It's one of yours. You like it. Oh, uh, of course. It's Dr. Seuss. And what was the... Do yeah, what's Dr. the correct Seuss. name? I know it's always Green Eggs Do and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham. Okay, right. that sounds right. That sounds good. See, this is your territory. I never read Dr. Seuss. Okay, so that that is our that is our uh, holiday special with Patricia to read Dr. Seuss to us. 
well, the Grinch. Everybody knows the Grinch. So I can't say none of Dr. Seuss. We, we all love the Grinch. We do. So I have something else for you. Well, this is so much fun. Okay, go ahead, my dear. <laughs> Let me see. What did I have? What did I have? I had something. Um, um, oh, goodness gracious. Yahoo. Anyone who has a Yahoo account, I have not discovered why it took them from 2014 until today to announce that more than 500 million of their accounts were compromised and had information called from them. That could include phone numbers, your address, whatever you put in an account. And these are more than 500 million that they know were compromised. 500 million accounts. So those are for Yahoo users. Does that scare you? Nope. What? You're kidding. No. Okay. I, think I know I, you have... Yeah. Go hmm? ahead. Go ahead. I figured you're always gambling when you do something online, so you might hope you might hope you play it safe like that. How do you play it safe when you register for something like Facebook? But that's okay. Well, because you know, you know what you're getting into, so, you know, that's okay. They have enough information to adapt your personality and your person. It's just scary. I'm, I don't register for a whole lot of places, but <sighs> well. I should have saved the article that had the different companies that have been compromised, everything from phone numbers and your firstborn to social security numbers. And, I mean, anybody who's foolish enough to enter a social security number on a site on the Internet, I guess, is just inviting a very bad thing to happen. Okay, here's your next piece of information. Are you ready? I'm ready. Food waste is the highest contribution to landfill. It's 40%. We waste 40% of our food. This, Of course, this is an average. But as an American entity in a country that has so much and other people are digging through garbage to find food, we waste 40%. We wind up throwing away 40% of the food we take into our homes. That was the one thing my mom could not understand when she was 10 years old, when she heard Harry Truman ordered to go ahead and sink food out in the ocean. You know, she always thought, why don't we send it to overseas to the little, yes. you know. Yes. We grew up on, there are starving people in the world. Mm-hmm. Eat your peas. In my case, it was Brussels sprouts. <laughs> which I absolutely <laughs> detest. Please, if I ever go to your home for dinner, please don't make me no, eat Brussels sprouts. If, if you put it on anybody, anybody out in our family as well, well my if dad, you put it my, on my, my plate, no, I will eat no, it. No, no, hmm. you no. Know, you give it to my dad. He loves Brussels sprouts. Really? Yeah. Ooh, could I have his spinach, or does he like spinach too? He loves spinach too, but he can... You, you, what you, stuff doesn't he like? Um, We're struggling here, aren't uh, well, we? Well, <laughs> it's, it's actually some of the uh, 
some of the dairy products because he remembers as a kid being around cows and having little flies and things fly in the pants. So some of the dairy uh. products he had, like cottage cheese. He had a hard time with cottage cheese. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I love cottage cheese. I do, too. Okay. I do, too. Okay, I will give him all of my Brussels sprouts right. for some cottage cheese. Would go. that be a good trade? I, I, think that, I think Patricia wins there. I think I will go out and buy Brussels sprouts for him <laughs> and get all of the cheese he wants to give me in any form. I like cheese, and I can have cheese again. I mean, I That's can even have deal. hot dogs now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love yeah, cheese, I, yeah. I, now, what cheese? Are you, what, uh, what is Patricia's favorite cheese? Wow! If we're gonna go to cheese heaven, someday. If we're going to cheese heaven, yeah, we had better go to a cheese factory <laughs> with a whole bunch of stuff. I like cheese. So what? Ki- and what it's ki- another one that rotates. I could sit and eat a pound of feta cheese. Well, maybe not I, a pound. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> eaten feta cheese. That's pretty yeah. strong stuff. Yeah. And I really like Swiss cheese. I do, too. But I get a lot of Swiss cheese. And I like cottage cheese, if that counts. Mm-hmm. And... Are you, cho- uh, are you, are you, ch- you like cheddar? Yeah, I like cheddar. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll run in cycles on that. Sometimes I grate cheddar to put in my salad. Very good. Um... And I like Parmesan and the really uh, hard cheeses, the Romano and Parmesan. Yeah. And they, they have to be in the – they don't have to be. I like them best when they're whole in, you know, just a slice of the wheel of the cheese. And then you grind them up yourself? Yeah, well, I just cut it and eat it. <laughs> that's, that's food to be cut yeah, and eaten. Yeah, so no sense. If I wanted it ground up, I'll just buy it in a jar. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't – this is – Let's work for Mother Week, which, what, what was the product that advertised less work for Mother? Boy, I don't know. Probably something stupid like a floor wax. <laughs> no, no, probably. Either that, either that or a TV dinner, let's yeah, see. No, let's, rubbing or buffing, yeah. <laughs> less work for Mother. Oh, thank goodness for the Internet. Let's work for Mother Horn and Heart, our children's hour. <clears throat> Let's work um, American history. Mother's an American. Let's work for Mother. Don't take phone calls, everybody, if you want to talk to Patricia for a little while before we have to send her off to do exercises. So, you see. <laughs> <laughs> you said I had two days. <laughs> That's right. It's two days. So, give us a call if you like. If not. Patricia and I will be happy to do our stuff. But I just want to let you know the phones are here at 714-545-2071. We had had a new family member calling a while. So if you've been Not listening, in a while. If, you, if you've listened to us and want the opportunity to say hi, you can give us a call at 714-545-2071. And by the way, I might as well give this uh, update for the night. Nebraska 24, Northwestern 13. Back to Patricia. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were so sneaky. You were sneaky to get that in there. Hello, Carl. You're on with the, the ESPN Sports Broadcast Studio. <laughs> Miss ESPN, according to New Jersey Bill. Yes. That's right. Yeah, we're not talking sports today. You're not because of hey, Notre Dame. Right. Bless you. Is it because of Notre Dame, Fred? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is our family yeah, show. This know, is Fred you know, from Vermont, who, thank but, goodness, always calls late. Yeah, but think, <laughs> yeah, but think you know, they helped a the little school down in North Carolina, Fred. Oh, yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly isn't Fred. I don't even know what you're talking about, and frankly, I don't care. They you're just to, fun they, to listen to. They, they are to Duke. Yeah, to Duke. 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 At and, home. At home, and I'm... At and, home. This poor Duke. Even no. more embarrassing. And, you know, I live in the Coast Mason in College Park, and guess what? Guess where my home address is? What? Duke. Duke Place. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> they don't play football at Duke. They, play, they also a bunch of freaking basketball players. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to live on Notre Dame, so what can I say? Yeah, uh, horrible. Oh, well, the hell with it. Are we it's, going to do this for the entire season? It's another season. Well, oh, the season's over. Oh, whoopee, whoopee, whoopee. <laughs> Well, hey, the Red Sox are doing well, Fred. What yeah, the Red Sox are smoking. You know? I, don't know if I, I, didn't, I didn't see how they did tonight, though. We can't wait. I'm not going into tonight. We can't wait till Patricia starts doing the Red Sox baseball game commentaries, you know? Uh, hey, I hope to tell you, if you give me a heads up on a really big game coming up, I will write out my commentary during the week and present <laughs> it on a Saturday. <laughs> And then you tell me if I am capable of handling a job with ESPN. Right. The answer yeah, better be yes. Yeah. Be I, I think, yeah. I think, I think you, 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 you could do general commentary. You don't have to do a sport by but you could make a living doing general commentary. <laughs> yeah, there we go. S-words, S-words all over the place. Yeah. Don't you guys know how to talk about anything else except S-words? How would that fly? Yeah, would that up. fly on ESPN? My exact sentence was, we're not talking sports tonight. That's true. I know. I mean, no, that, that, would, that was my commentary on ESPN. Do you think it would fly? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I could I not depend on a paycheck for very long. So, Fred, how was the week without the cast? Was it a good week for you or not? Yeah, we're getting there. Good. Uh... I want to stand, though. I'm hoping maybe maybe my next therapy session, we'll see. I still haven't really stood, stood on it. But uh, driving today, went all over the place. Went and saw my nephew play. I drove for the first time this week, actually. Did he put a sign you out? Did. did. he put a sign out, beware driver? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm using, that, I'm using that right foot on the brake, too. So... I heard this. I heard this week. Um, one of our female radio talk show hosts was cleaning out her ex-husband's tools and dropped it on her foot, and she and she cra- she broke her little toe. She figured, but she drove to work, and she so what she did. 
she had one foot to handle the, the brakes and everything, and the other one she puts up, put on top of the dashboard as she was driving to work. You're kidding. No. <laughs> this is not something we should mention a name. No, we should almost... not have a name associated with this action. <laughs> Mostly we should not have an action associated <laughs> with any name. She felt pretty good because all the cool, she had the windows open and the foot sitting up in the dashboard out of the window, and she said the cool air felt pretty good blowing on her broken foot, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't, man, that hurts just thinking about putting my foot on the dash. Now, this is interesting. All of you people are safe because I drive a standard shift car. I need both feet to go anywhere. What's that? Oh, oh, that's right. You couldn't drive because, okay. No, you're all safe. If I broke a foot, well, Well, you know. Actually, (laughs) I did. (laughs) <laughs> you um, break, you, you, how many bones have you broken in a lifetime, my dear? Not very many. I just talk about them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've no. broken your hand. That's true. Your foot. And my, and, and my really big job on my wrist. Okay. That's and three, my nose. Four. Yeah, got twice, twice in the nose. Five. I think that's all. A rib. Six. I mean, this is over a lifetime. This that is not like ribs. within the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but six. What? Six. What? How many bones we have in a body? Six fractures. 130 bones, right? I don't know. I thought it was a million. Okay. Do I have to look that up, too? Okay. I think it's a Of course, discrepancy. So, Fred, how many, how many, how, Patricia got six, how, how many for you, is it? Oh, she beats me, I've broken. Oh, gee, thanks. A rib? Yeah, it is. Rib, okay. And now, the ankle in two spots, is that counted one or two? I'm going to count that two. <laughs> two, I'm gonna help two you. fractures. Yeah. Please, he's charging me with two noses. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's it, as far as I can remember. 206 bones, Walden. Really? I thought it was over 200. Really? Two, 206 bones. And I've only, I only did five, I think. Okay. One. And the one in my foot, I mean, I didn't do it on purple or anything. I heard some, some people have been telling me, I kind of hope it's true. Yeah, it was uh, a stress fracture. Every time you fracture, every time you break a bone, that... Is this bad when news? It, when it heals, it heals thicker. It's stronger than around it. Yes, you're right. Okay, so all the bones you guys have broken in your lifetime, which one hurt the most? Oh, gee. Oh, gee, I That's can tell easy. you that one. A uh, rib. The rib? Rib. Can't breathe. Can't cough. I mean, my, my foot hurt, but it hurt for about a week and then it stopped. And then it was just kind of a waiting game. And now it hurts now again because the cast is off. But the the rib was constant. And there's nothing they can do for it. 
I don't remember the collarbone because I was a kid, so I don't remember a real, real small, so I don't remember how bad that hurt, but I would definitely say the rib. So, Patricia, of your six, which one hurt the most? My wrist. Ah. And it, it was the the bone, I actually, it was two bones that broke, the two bones broke, and it was close to the part that you would call a wrist with your pulse, you know, where you take your yep, pulse. Yep, yep. But it was not set properly. It would not heal. I was in a cast and a brace for five months, and Ugh. and it hurt. <laughs> it hurt. So I would pick that one. And, and I bet you were bruised when you broke it too, right? <gasps> My goodness, yes. Oh, man. My goodness, yes. Well, the first cast was my foot. <laughs> yeah. The first cast was from the knuckles on my fingers mm-hmm. <clears throat> halfway to my shoulder. That was that was the first one. I saw a, uh, I found a picture of myself when I was 12. I, I don't know how I did it. I really don't. Maybe I told you this, but I had to put it on the website one of these days. But I was in one of those old cast plaster ones. Mm. And I had my whole left foot, from my whole foot, all the way up my leg, around my waist, and then halfway down the other leg to the knee. Was mm. Mm. Then there was a bar in between the two legs, so the legs had yeah. to stay separated. Oh, God. I don't know how I slept with that thing. Apparently, I had it on for six months. I mean, the cast today, I couldn't get over the difference. They're so much lighter. Um, just overall more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, just the weight themselves. Yeah. But. Did well, we lose somebody? No, I don't think so. No, I'm here. Uh, I'm here. I, I just got an email from Larry, and I was reading. It's about um, Jim Taylor. Oh. Uh. Our friend from California. Right. And um, so, you know, we can finish with Fred, sure. and then I'll read you. The water. Okay. So, Fred, how's everything in Vermont? When you went driving today, were the trees out generating maple syrup or anything? Uh, no maple syrup. A few months early for that. <laughs> what is that? A fe- that's a February or March? March, I guess. If the temperature keeps doing what it's doing, it'll be turning here pretty quick. They ought to be turning pretty soon. Yeah, that was your assignment this week. You had to look out the window. Well, you were out uh, driving. Yeah, no, it, I, I'm, I'm glad you paid attention to the road instead of the trees. It, it's getting cold. It, it dropped, uh, especially at night. It dropped. It was like Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday were the 80s. And then, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, and today the high was like low 60s. And we got a we got a frost warning tonight, which basically means it might it be you know, it's gonna be around mid 30s. Do do the maple syrup trees are they spaced? Was, are they what? Are they spaced between each other? In other words, you know, do they grow them? With, with the oil piece of land, or does, it doesn't matter? I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. 
They're all over the place. They're spotty. They're together in clumps. Yeah, they're pretty much. I mean, maybe there's operations that grow their own trees, but most of them just tap trees. They're already there. Trees in the wild, or trees on their own property, but it's like wooded property or whatever. So, are there certain parts of Vermont that grows better maple syrup than others? Probably. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I know there's different types of trees that, different type of maple trees um, that do better than others. Um, and, they, and they try to tap certain types. I'm not sure of the names. Uh, but a friend of mine who does it is always telling me, but I don't really pay too much attention. Uh, but yeah, there's certain, I know there's certain trees that, that have a better sugar content. Okay. You know, which creates a better syrup, better grade syrup. Um, but I guess they sell a lot of the, uh, the lower class stuff. A lot, I didn't know this before, but I, I, I found that stuff from talking to this guy. They sell a lot of the, you don't get the high quality syrup. You get the low. If you get some of the low stuff, they they take a lot of that and they sell it to like McDonald's and stuff. And that's what we, you get for like your pancakes and stuff at McDonald's. We get the low. We get the low grade syrup stuff, huh? Low grade syrup. Yep. Hold it. Wait a minute here. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why McDonald's can sell these for so cheap. Go ahead, Patricia. I'm finished. Okay, now, can you we, tell... We get we get the gunk. Do, can you tell by the... Well, you go to McDonald's, you do, but, but that shouldn't, you know... You go to McDonald's, you get the gunk hamburger, too. You get the gunk fries, you get the gunk everything. Oh. So, next week, when they become our sponsor, you'll you'll be, you'll be give a personal <laughs> endorsement. Yes, I will. Yeah, I'll talk a little for we you. We are running out of sponsorship <laughs> opportunities, aren't we? <laughs> Well, Some of this, half, of the, half of this team is making sure of that. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a reason you can get a four-course meal for 82 cents at McDonald's. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maxwell House is off the list. McDonald's. Now Mrs. Butterworth is. Well, no, Prairie Rock Maple Syrup is good stuff. That, that They would be a good sponsor for you. Mrs. Butterworth, yeah? Uh, I don't know about Mrs. Butterworth. I don't know, I like her commercials. Who made the best maple syrup in town? Oh, the state? Oh, that's tough. I think a lot of the, uh, I like a lot of the, uh, like small guys. Okay. You know, families that might do 10 or 15 gallons or something, as opposed to large operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those are really, really good if you get their high grade. Um, can you tell by the look? Can you is there a, a high grade maple syrup have a different color than? Uh, I'm not an expert, so and I mean I'm colorblind. There probably is a difference. I think it's more of the taste, though. Okay. Uh, I just how about, go by what's how about the, the aroma? Is there so a stronger or different the, uh, aroma? On the label. 
I'm a label guy. I'm lost so. out in the forest here. Okay, what about what Patricia? What about the aroma, the smell? Oh, that, yeah, yeah. I would say definitely high. I mean, I don't know if you can tell the, all the grades by smelling it, but I would definitely say the higher grade syrup definitely smells sweeter, better, more inviting, if you'd call it. <laughs> Maple syrup. Yeah. Well, see, like for example, and go back to my McDonald's example. <laughs> I never got turned on by the smell of syrup at McDonald's. <laughs> so, you know. But, yeah, you can definitely tell by the smell. Um, Is there still a log cabin syrup? Oh, I, I can't. I can't. I'm biting that stuff. Well, I'm just trying to think of a commercial brand name syrup, and I always... That's, that's really interesting. That was a big one, wasn't right, it? Right, that's what I thought. Yeah, all that stuff's horrible. All right, I'll re- I'll remember that the next time I pick up a fork. It's not Log real cabin. racial syrup. It's just it's just not. It's no. no. I guess I'm spoiled because I like I said, we've always bought our syrup off off local people. And I still do. Yeah, Log cabin is still around. Ah. What's that? Log cabin is Log still around. Log cabin syrup. Yeah, and then there was that one that got in trouble because they called themselves Vermont Maid. And it had a picture of a little maid. It wasn't made in Vermont. Uh, and one of the maids. Yeah. There was a big was controversy the over it, too. One of the maids. They said one of the maids was from Vermont. But, but it came in a, a bottle in the shape of like a maid. Mm-hmm. And they called it Vermont Maid. They called it Vermont Maid, M-A-I-D. Uh, okay. And, and Vermont, the Vermont maple syrup industry sued him because it was really. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal here. Um, <laughs> well, then, I'm not sure that log cabin is the high end that <laughs> that Fred is talking about. Right. You can get you can get two liters. For six dollars. <laughs> it's always all crap. All that stuff is crap. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, this is at Walmart. Yeah. Um, Log Cabin Original Syrup, 64 fluid ounces for $5.92. 98% sugar. You know, I think <laughs> I, we have a new, uh, a new career path for Fred. He could go on TV and be the customer care person. And say and tell them the <laughs> truth. This is crap, and that's not. I mean, where can make yes. a living? Yes, we to do that. We we uh, may have to take a few words out of his vocabulary. Uh, who's the consumer advocate? Yeah. Who's that dude's name? Remember him? Oh gosh, yeah. famous years ago. We used to have a show. Right. You could do. Uh, you could do that. You could. He would basically do that. He would. He would talk about different products and uh, what to buy, why to buy it, why not to buy it. I think you have a new career path, Fred. Yeah, I could take bribes from companies. That'd be really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is not impressive. I'm reading the information about Log Cabin. I'm on Fred's team here. Ah. You want to know? Well, the only warning on the label uh-huh. is not 
to microwave the bottle. <laughs> flavor and parenthetically it says lactic acid I'm, I'm not sure why that's there sodium what oh sodium hexametaphosphate sodium hexametaphosphate now that's that, that it's the yeah it's the phosphate that would break your kidneys um, yeah. and preservatives we've got a whole string of preservatives including caramel color so it's a bunch of chemicals mixed together to try to imitate maple syrup yes Yes, and we've got one, two, three, four, five, all the way down to number seven before we get to the natural and artificial flavor. Yeah. This is not this is not a good advertising on the label here. <laughs> all that stuff, I'm telling you. It's, it's okay, that's, that's what we need Patricia to, to write copy for Wall Cabin Show. Oh, sure. yeah. Oh, we need we need me to write copy for a lot of stuff now. On on the instructions, this is another signal here. Refrigeration not required. <laughs> oh, there we go. Very yeah. That's, that's what it says. That's <clears throat> why so just just so that I won't get sued, could we have another product that I could look up, please? <laughs> you know, and just just kind of make like it's part of our routine. Is there another product yeah, I can do look, this look, to? Look please. at McDonald's. See what they say about McDonald's. Oh, think? dear me. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, they, they really are a little more aggressive than Log Cabin, I think. I saw Maybe I'll try Mrs. Thing, Butterworth. Um, and I don't know how true it was. It was a Facebook deal. Oh, see, I was going to uh, ask. They showed a reel that they had at this doctor's office. It was a McDonald's Happy Meal. And it was it was they were using it to educate their parents, their, their patients, and they showed a picture of a it was a Happy Meal from 2011 or something like that with the still with the slip, and it looked it looked fresh. <laughs> I mean, what's that say to you? <laughs> so I just this is a hoot. I looked at a YouTube video about Breyer's ice cream the other day. Yeah. He said he let it stand out for 10 days, and it never melted. <laughs> it never melted. And well, the only thing it that, grew, it, it grew mold. He had four different ice creams, and Breyer was one of them. Set them out on the table. The other three melted. And left them for ten days, and the other three just stayed melted. Briars didn't ooze into liquid and had mold growing on it. I, oh. I take it that this guy doesn't like briars very much, but it kind of shook me up a little bit. When ice cream doesn't melt, there's something not right. Just like you yeah. said with the other. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So my next question to you, Fred, have have Vermont? When I went to MBA school, we had a case study about. Vermont and Walmart, and so like in the mid 90s, like 93, they're still very proud that they've kept Walmart out of Vermont. So have <laughs> they have they still maintained that? Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay, Mrs. Yeah. Butterworth is even worse. Oh wow! Uh, 
Well, so I guess I guess log cabin can stay off my off my case here. We've got high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup, water, salt, cellulose gum, molasses, potassium sorbate, sodium hexametaphosphate, natural and artificial flavor, caramel color, more corn syrup, artificial flavor, citric acid, caramel color, another one, mono and diglycerides. That's what we're eating. It is incredible. And and here's here's another here's another clue. Uh-huh. We've got a full a full gallon of this stuff for eight dollars and thirty eight cents. There you go. There you this go. This is not good. Well, this is not it's, good. It's incredible what we eat, what we pay to do it. You know that's the cheap stuff. At least you don't pay for that. Look at the stuff like like TV dinners. And they charge a fortune for them. I get mine ten for a dollar. Oh, there you go. That's the way to do it. You're going to eat club yeah. things. Don't get me wrong. I pair uh, like those fit kitchens from Stouffer's. Mm-hmm. Oh, Stouffer's is pricey. But they're that's, pricey. That's a yeah. price yeah. And they're basically frozen and preserved. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the best stuff in the world. Fresh food is so much better and cheaper. Yeah. I made cucumber salad today. That's the freshest thing I own in the house. Uh, There you go. That's not really true. I've got squash and an orange and all the healthful things. Anything that's healthful is expensive. That's true. Yeah. It's amazing. Like health food stores. Some of that. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much of that's a ripoff, too. Oh, big time. Big time, and the organically grown stuff. Yeah. One yeah. of the major newspapers did an investigation of stuff and discovered that up to ninety percent of the food that is being marketed as organically grown isn't. Oh, what? Well, Save yeah, your money, just it? buy the regular stuff. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's very expensive. Yeah, put put the label on. I know it's incredible. Like, I went to a farmer's market here a couple summers ago. I couldn't believe the prices. I thought, you know, farmer's market, you get stuff cheaper. I, sure I would cheaper. think, but, yeah. You don't have yeah. the packaging and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, they, they were selling stuff at those incredible prices. Same thing, yeah, like, I wonder know, if it's all because... Or all this, all that. But, yeah, is it yeah. Because... I, I'm going to believe you. <laughs> Yeah. Could it be because they've got so much waste from the fruit and vegetables sitting out in large quantities that they have to have a significant loss that the supermarkets would not have because they've got coolers? Yeah, it could be. It could be. Plus, they're dealing. It's all. It is all fresh. I mean, that 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 is a, a true statement. Yeah. Local. That is the plus. But yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you can turn around and get, for example, corn or something or or whatever. When that's, when that's harvested, you can get that mm-hmm. just as cheap at roadside stands, which is pretty much what a farmer market is. Yeah. You, yeah. you can get it in the, uh, in the grocery store. But it's a little mm-hmm. more expensive than if you bought the... the the frozen stuff, but it's just it's the same price. 
it's not a little cheaper than what they, they get for the fresh stuff in the grocery store. Yeah. So. Now, I, here's my surprise for you today. I've got a fairly good-sized grocery store that I have to go to. It, it really is a supermarket. It's the size of a football field, I swear. <laughs> and at least now, after I've been shopping there for a while, I know where my products are, so I don't waste time cruising everything, except I usually do because sometimes they bury the two for the price of once, and, and that's my favorite place to be. But anyhow... Uh, one of the uh, produce guys was out straightening out the bananas one time, and they always look so neat. And they, they, the people in this store just they take such good care of their customers and such good care of their displays. And he was out there and said, boy, you know, you really do a good job. How much waste do you have? He said, waste? We go through 20 crates of this stuff a day. 20 oh. crates of bananas is huge. 20 crates of bananas. Wow. And I come home with my banana, one banana. (laughs) They don't make a lot of money on my bananas, but yeah, I come home with Uh, one of everything. Because you 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 don't want rotten stuff up there, though. No, except except my squash. I usually bring two or three squash home. But yeah, I I love I like bananas too. But yeah, I can I can see that that's incredible. And you think about the people like all over the world that would die for a banana a day, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's, kind of a, it's kind of disgusting when you think about it. It's yeah. like, I know we have a local Hannaford's here, and I don't want to, I don't want to pick on Hannaford's, because I, mean, I, I, I do a lot of shopping there and stuff, but they're a lot like Walmart or the food industry, any of those big stores are, but they give a lot to the food shelf in the area. Mm-hmm. But, I know some old folks' homes and stuff. They had a, a guy who's a manager there. Before he gives their meat and stuff out, he has to check it because a lot of times they're giving the stuff that basically would be throwing away. Yes, it's starting to turn. And it's just not right, you know. I mean, I don't know. I used to get bargains at the supermarket. Because the the carts would go around late, like an hour before the store closed, and they they would go through all of the meats and all of the labels and anything that was going to expire by the expire meaning sell by, which means of course the food is very good until after the sell by. But they would never leave out a sell by date that was current. They would always take it off at least a day early. And I would go to the butcher and say, Oh, great! I you know I need chicken. And he'd say, well, wait a minute, let me give you the discount price. And I would get meat for half price. They don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. Actually, we do get something like that in our local store. It's just a small Mm -hmm. store. The same type of thing. They call them manager specials. But they'll be out all day. So you're going to get there early to really get them. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll put them out in the case, and you'll look at them, and they'll they'll be expiring that day. Mhm. Now they yeah, they took them off a day whatever. early. And uh, and they're cheap. I mean, sometimes you get like a package. Like I got a package of steak one day for like a buck or a buck fifty. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, they're, but they're not. They're, they're, you got you got to watch for them, and they go pretty quick. People tend to snag them up uh, for obvious reasons. But yeah, the other thing is weird is uh. 
on other people. I don't, well, That's not, hard. Not, not being dependent, but not being independent. Let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate not being able to do things by myself. That's what drove yeah. me crazy this summer, being in the cast and stuff. And even in the cast, it was like, mm-hmm. if I can do it myself, I'm going to do it. Leave me alone, you know? Yeah. I just hate, I've always hated that. Yeah. So that's hard. I can't wait to, my, my next goal is to take those steps. So. Okay. Well, keep it posted on, on your progress for next week, Fred. I will do that. Hell, who knows? Maybe I'll be up standing anyway. Yay. Well, um, yeah. Then. Yep, that would be nice. I think I'm about ready to try it. That'd be good. Well, you guys have a good week. You too, Fred. I'll talk to you then. Thanks, Fred. Bye-bye. Okay, okay. so now. It is a quarter till two. You want to just be you and I for the rest of the way, my dear? Yeah, we're up to um, 100, uh, 100 minutes here. Is that my limit? No. Because no, then I'll, I will give you uh, Larry's email, and we'll do your questions. Okay, we still got about, yeah. Another 35, 35, 40 minutes on your thing, but yeah. Okay, we'll just be fresh and I do it, everybody. Okay. Okay. If that's what did, I understood. Did you take us off? No, just you and I. Oh, okay. I was, I was going to say we, you know, we could sneak in another phone oh, call. Okay. Be that's the why last I, that's one. That's why I want to make sure. Okay. Yes, I make sure. be the last one to call in tonight. Okay, here is from Larry. Right. He spoke with Ron. He had called the hospital, and the operator told him when he asked about Jim that there was no such person under that name at the hospital. Oh. Um, and I went to the GoFundMe page, and there's no update there. Okay. There's no additional piece of information. Um, so he, Ron is going to call the the DJ Okay, out there yeah, and yeah. ask if he has any information. It would be the most logical thing. If he were up and walking, he would need rehab. So that's right. that would be my guess. I mean, I certainly don't know that for sure, but that would be my guess, that he would be going to a place, uh, a, a care facility that has rehabilitation, uh, a good rehabilitation uh, department. And that would be my guess. But we'll see what his friend says. And... Um, that's what Larry sent. Oh, that's a good time. That's a good time. Maybe making the next step. I hope so. Yeah. I, I do hope so. Okay, we were figuring last night, he's almost been in the hospital for a month. That's right. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Wow. I think I'm going to put Mrs. Butterworth away. Okay. I trusted her. I trusted Mrs. Butterworth. Well. You, you you don't have to give up on it. Well, I, I haven't had it in years. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I trusted her. <laughs> I mean, I really, really trusted her. You, you still trust her and just not sample the product. Well, here here's an, all right. We've got a quarter of a cup, which is not a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's the serving size but you know this is really good they put the calories on the side of the bottle and you say oh wow this only has 250 calories and then you read a little bit further down Mm -hmm. and it says four helpings (laughs) there are four (laughs) servings in here 
Okay, so if you eat the whole thing, you've just eaten your entire day's worth of calories. Yeah. Okay, a quarter of a cup, 220 calories. <laughs> That's a lot of calories. That's a lot of syrup, though. A quarter of a cup? Yeah, I don't if you have waffles, If you have waffles or pancakes, my guess is you use at least a quarter of a cup, I, I would think. Just well, know when you do, it's high fructose yeah, corn syrup, uh, corn syrup, water, salt, cellulose, gum. <laughs> but, you know, a quarter of a cup is not, a quarter of a cup is four ounces, I guess. It's so strong for That's me. Right? It, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's two, no, it's not four ounces, it's two ounces. A cup is we, eight ounces. We use that squirt bottle thing, so we just pour it a little bit on and you voila. You squirt it all over, yeah. yeah. So a, a cup is... Eight ounces, so a quarter of a cup would be two ounces, or yeah, two ounces. And right. that's not that's not that's uh, three six nine. That that's six tablespoons. No, it's more than that. Anyway, it's not very much. <laughs> Forgive me, my brain has gone out to lunch without me. No, it's doing good. But I I think with the squirties, you're probably using pretty close to a quarter of a cup. That to me, that's oh, a lot. Oh, Mrs. Butterworth, I trusted you. Uh, Artificial flavor, citric acid, <gasps> oh, potassium sorbate, whatever that is. Oh, it's a preservative. Mm. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay, now that we've shot down, I have to do at least one more. We have to have three foods that we... Want to hang out to dry? Okay, okay. What, I, what, what product out there that you really trust that you want to gamble and look at? That I really trust. Yes. Um, that's stretching it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the head of lettuce, the the head of lettuce in, uh, you know, because I can peel off the outside and the inside is probably okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great question. Okay, how about your favorite Don Franco coffee? No, I, I, coffee is Don Francisco. No, that boy, you really have a great memory. I haven't mentioned that brand in a million squillion hours. Um, okay. No, I, I think that. Okay, I'm trying I think to think the of coffee a, is proper. Okay, I'm hmm? trying to think of a product that you look, that you approve of that we can look up. Yeah, they're all fresh vegetables. I've got my tomatoes and onions and squash and stuff like that. There came home in my. In my cart the other day. Okay. Which, oh, okay, I got it. What? How about your favorite oil? <gasps> olive oil. Yes. Oh, Vigo olive oil. Okay. Well, olive oil should have only olive they oil. They should. They should. Let's look Let's it up. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Walden. Oh, if you wreck this. <laughs> um. You don't have to Let's look see, it up. I'm, all, I'm making that offer to you. Um, in, ingredients. It, it should. It has to be it just have olive to oil. Be. Uh, what are you, you going to put in olive oil? Cold pressed, extra virgin, nutritional analysis. This looks good, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you now, know, I, now, I got now, me. Now fam- I got me a virus. Hold on. I have to go to another okay. now, browser. Fa- now, family members, if Patricia pauses. For 30 seconds, 
you know what happened. So I guess while she's reading, so we know that she spots something that caught her dead flat footed. Uh, no, <clears throat> I, I downloaded. I don't know if I did. I say this. Yeah. At the beginning, that I downloaded an ad blocker. Right. But I uh, see. I was. I was thinking. I got a whole. Yeah, I got a virus instead. Yeah. See, see I was thinking. I was thinking she was reading the the uh, virgin olive oil dressing instructions in your pies. Okay. Oh, That's oh, no, I, I paused because this stupid Yahoo but, page came but, up. But but I'm saying if you read it uh, while you're reading it, you should sit there and pause and gulp for air, and then we know something's wrong. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, let's see what we got here. Great value. What is in olive oil? Ingredients, 13 best olive oil brands. Um, olive oil. Extra virgin olive oil. Great value. 100% olive oil. Um, gee, Bigo. If I had spelled the name right, it would have been, <laughs> would have been a little bit better. 13 on Bigo. Um, all right, let's do this one. Are you going to tell me 34 ounces is... <gasps> would you look at this? No caller. You're on with Patricia who just gasping. Took a big <laughs> gap in the air. Who's there? Who's there? Hello. This is Ron from Hawaii. Hello, Ron. <gasps> Hello, Ron. It's so good to hear from you again. Thank you. How are you doing? Well, I am doing fine. Good. You sure sound like it. I sure sound like it. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, <laughs> I sound good, too. You sound wonderful. You really do. I sound, you sound wonderful. You really do. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, I, I I just called to say hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad you did. We've missed you so much, and I was so happy when you called in last week, and now you called in again. This is so cool. Wow. I want to go on Saturday. <coughs> have you been have you been listening to Hawaii football? Yeah. See, oh, I think we gee, another one. Oh, it's just a good I know. Well, see, if we if Patricia moved to Hawaii, she'll have to learn how to root for the Hawaiian Rainbows. You know. Is that what they're called? Yeah. The Rainbows? Uh-huh. This is a Magilla Gorilla-type football team, and they call themselves the Rainbows? Oh, the Rainbow Warriors. Rainbow Warriors, yeah. There we go. Now, we, now we're down to the basics here. <laughs> well, anyway, I just called the hello. Hi, Vaughn. And I am so glad you did. Yeah. So keep them in the good work. We'll try. We will do that. Thank you for the reminder. Okay, goodbye. Bye, Ron. (laughs) Thanks, Ron. Bye-bye. Oh, that is so cool. Two weeks in a row. This is great. That's our phone call. Let me tell you how much money I am saving at Sam's Club. All right. I buy two-liter bottles, you know, in the the plastic bottles. Two liters for $17. Okay. Right here we have... 34 ounces, 
which is, <clears throat> I guess, close to one liter, <clears throat> a little bit more than one liter, and it is priced at $67 at Walmart. <laughs> so Do we have a disparity so in not, prices here? So you're saving 100 bucks. Yeah. Might be, Isn't this might, awful? Do, do they dip it in gold? Say that again, please. Do they dip it in gold? Oh, <laughs> it's got a golden color. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's the high-end stuff. It's the extra virgin olive oil, which gives you the y – you can get extra virgin, virgin, and just plain vanilla type stuff. And the – finer quality is from the first press of the olives. They squeeze out the oil from the olives and then they'll put the stuff back in and they'll squeeze it again. And so this is this is the first press. And so it, it's a pretty high quality product. And I was just so delighted when I found it in Sam's Club. It's worth a trip. It's about four miles up the road. Four miles to save this kind of money is not a big deal. So yeah, I saved $50 going to Sam's Club, which is really weird because Walmart and Sam's Club are with the same company. That's true. That's true. One of us is getting poisoned. Somebody's wallet is getting killed. That's true. Or, or I have to recheck my button. But no, there, there is no ingredient list here. So when you buy olive oil, that's what you get. Okay, so what's imported how, cold pressed? Okay, so what's mm -hmm. the container like? I mean, what kind of what kind of ingredients are in the container? Olive oil. No, That's the, it. The container, though. Oh, oh, you mean the poisonous plastic? Yeah. That that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for making me feel better. <laughs> I am so happy I have a pure product. What is it in? I don't know. Oh, Walter. Well, glad you oh, Walter. Oh, no. I th I'm glad you got pure virgin olive oil. I thought there might be something Extra. in there that we need to find Extra out. Extra virgin. Extra virgin, please. So, it's the first press. So that means mm -hmm. Patricia steps on it with her bare feet and make them pure virgin. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> You make wine. <laughs> Jumping on the on the grapes, you make wine. Oh, what we do to food. Good grief. Good grief. <coughs> Excuse me. So with with Celeste next week we have to have our grammar lessons. There is a difference between healthy and healthful. That's right. There's a difference yes. People use imply and infer interchangeably and they are very different words. So that kind of stuff. We have to do those for next week. I'll save them, okay? okay Are you happy? Next week <laughs> we will have be no English lesson tonight. Yeah, next week will be October first. <gasps> the night you're going to be late and I'm going to be sitting here with my bright shiny face. I might be on time, but we just don't know. I just want the family to be prepared. Then again, yeah. Yeah. We'll be on. <laughs> It's, we'll it's one on. of my whatever. We'll be on. I just don't know exactly what time. So. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I've got some really good questions for you tonight. We've Alrighty. got Stump Walden. Your brain teaser is not really a brain teaser. You're going to get that one off the bat because I'm being kind to you. And I know you're going to get it because I knew the answer before I had to look. 
And then we have a presidential question. We have a presidential quote. We have a first lady quote and your baseball question. May I ask a question? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We're reversing roles here? Yes, sure. you may ask a question. Why are, we, why are we being kind to Walden? Well, because the other ones are killers. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's and off. besides, you're a very nice person to be kind oh, to. Oh, very good. All right, we're going to start. Deserve to, you deserve kindness. kindness. You're like a puppy. Kindness, <laughs> gentleness, joy, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. puppies need kindness. Okay, which would you like first? My brain teacher. <laughs> okay, let me see. Your brain teaser. Why can't a Tyrannosaurus Rex clap? Because his paws are too heavy to get off the ground? No. I thought you'd pop this one right up. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Big old dinosaur thing. Right. Question again is? Why can't a Tyrannosaurus Rex clap? Because he doesn't know how to spell the word? This is not a trick question, Walt. <laughs> You've got people out there jumping up and down saying, this is the answer, this is the answer. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, you really do. A Tyrannosaurus Rex cannot clap because it's extinct. Very good. I told it wasn't a trick question. No, very good. Very good. I throw you off balance when <laughs> it's not a trick question. You do that very okay. well. You do that very yeah. well. Yeah. I can I can throw anybody yeah. off balance. My you have to question. be loopy. You cannot be normal and do that. My colonial question. <gasps> colonial question. Good choice. Let's see. Now, I, I wrote it. Hold on. All right. On September 24, 1789, the Supreme Court of the United States was made up of six judges. It was approved. George Washington nominated a bunch of people, and two days later, it was approved. What was the name of the act that George Washington signed putting this into operation? It, it went from it went from Congress, mm -hmm. and he had to sign it, and he did. What was it that they passed on to him, or what did it become? The Bill of Rights. No, this is <sighs> President George Washington did this. Seventeen eighty-nine. The log cabin syrup compact. <laughs> You are so funny tonight. No, it wasn't. It didn't have anything to do with log cabin. No. The six old men? Six old men? Yeah. 
I'm going, going to ask them. you to name two of them. Oh. Yeah. I, I can, I'll, I, I'll I, ask you. I, I, they were I, know, I know I can get the Supreme, the, the Chief Justice. I know that. Um, yeah. That's John Jay. Even I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get credit for something I knew. <laughs> well, you really do. That's shame on me. John Jay and John, and John Marshall, probably. John Marshall. I don't see a John Marshall here. You, you're thinking about Chief Justice Marshall? Uh-huh. That's a little bit later than 1789. Just a little bit. Thurgood Marshall? <laughs> no, that's fairly common. Oh, oh well, uh, then you are so funny. Okay. No, Thurgood Marshall was a little bit later. No, but there was a John Marshall who was very early in the game. Not this early. Okay. Maybe maybe somebody dropped dead and he filled the place. I don't know the answer, my dear. I never heard of this before, Walt, and it was the Judiciary Act of 1789. Nope. That was the name of the bill that got passed. Nope, I did not know that. Never heard of it. I never heard wow. of it. President Washington nominated six people. And in two days, all of them were confirmed by the Senate. And they were John Jay as Chief Justice. That was accepted. John Rutledge, William Cushing, John Blair, Robert Harrison, and James Wilson. John Jay would, be, would have been the only person I could have said. Oh, yeah, he was there. Nowadays, I, I've never now, heard of the other ones. Nowadays, we can't get somebody on the Supreme Court. In nine months or so, but we would get six of them in two days back in those days. That's pretty good. Six in a shot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like the little tailors, seven at a blow. Yeah. Um, and, and there were six. I don't know how long it took to move to an uneven number to make sure that there was not a deadlock. It was quite a while. I want to say like 50 years or something. It was, it, it, really? It took a while if I seem to remember right. Um well, people around that time got along with it. Well, no, they didn't. <laughs> you think of Aaron Burr and, 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 and Hamilton. And if you look at the history, they moved it up and down from six to nine yeah, down to eight. We had nine. At, didn't we have nine at one time? We we do. We have nine now. No, but, silly me. But, <laughs> of course we do. But we would have had but seven. We, we had seven. We had eight. We had different. There's there's like a timeline of yeah. all this stuff. Hmm. Well, actually, they only have eight right now, and and it's just, uh, it's scary. It's scary. Okay. Um. So anyway, that was, can I nominate? That you was, to, can I nominate you to be on the Supreme Court? You bet. Okay. You don't have to be a judge to be I on know. the Supreme Court. I know. So, and I was born here. Okay, good. I have a birth certificate. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't, sorry, I didn't realize what I was saying. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I do have one, so there. So what else would they require of me? Common sense. Yeah. I can do pretty well I on that. I think you could. There are some times I think you don't need common sense to be on the Supreme Court. That's not all the time, but every once in a while, say, how could this have happened? 
Supreme Court Justice Patricia. I think that that works very well. Oh, yes, and I would give interviews, too. Good. (laughs) No, you really really can't. You're not allowed to do that. (laughs) Uh, You know, you can speak off topic, but... um, on the on the judiciary issues, they are adamantly discouraged from speaking on judiciary issues. Okay, so that's that was your colonial question, and I thought that was pretty cool. I never heard Very the good. term judiciary act. Very good. And that's how come we have a Supreme Court. First lady. Boy, these, your first lady, whatever it is. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> Which first lady had the Secret Service code name of Rover? Er, 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 that kind of Rover. Hillary Clinton? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm in trouble tonight. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Rover, oh, Rover, come over. What was the old, what was the old ch- children's game song? Rover, don't Rover, <laughs> Rover, come Rover. I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it either. either. Um, Roll over. Come over, roll over. Well, I'll I'll get out of olive oil. Okay. (laughs) Um, And get to rover. My guess would be... How about Nancy Reagan? No. Red Rover. That's it. Very good. Mm, let's see. Red Rover, Red Rover, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it must be here. How about Eleanor Roosevelt? That is right. How did you get your arms around that one? Any any first lady quote if it's not what sissy try Eleanor because eventually she'll be on there. Because <laughs> you know how much I love Eleanor. <laughs> okay, okay. What? Ask me the presidential question. Go ahead. Uh, ask me. All right. What's the presidential question, my dear? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. On September twentieth, eighteen eighty-one, Chester Arthur was inaugurated. What made that inauguration date so special? September 20th. 1881. Well, he took over after the assassination of John Garfield. Right. I don't know. I don't know what, why it's so special. Well... He was the third president to serve in that calendar year. Wow, okay. President Hayes, mm-hmm. his term ended on March 4th. Right. President Garfield took March 4th. He died September. Right. And this is all 1881. Right. And that meant Chester Arthur took office on September 19th, 1881. Wow. So we had Hayes, who gave way to Garfield, who died in office of pneumonia, and Chester Arthur. And it was the second time that happened in history. Uh, Gar- Garfield was shot. Right. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. No, the next one, Martin Van Buren, um, Henry, Henry, William Henry, Henry Harrison is the one who died of pneumonia. One, He was only in office one month, Walden. 
Yeah, when he was, yeah, okay, uh, okay, what did you want to do? They thought he was so old, so he gave an inaugural address without his hat in the rain for an hour and 40 minutes and caught pneumonia and died. Well, yes, he did. One, wow, okay. So anyway, that was the second time. The first one was Martin Van Buren's term ended in 1841. William Henry Harrison was elected and took the oath of office. He died in one month, and John Tyler became president. So within that single year, 1841, and again in 1881, we had three presidents serving within a single calendar year. Very good. That is Very amazing. Good. I am finding more good stuff out there. Can't earn a living, but <laughs> find good stuff out here. Okay, so what else would you like? My presidential quote? Your presidential quote. Let me see. I want to make sure that I term this correctly. Hold on. Because sometimes I just copy down information, and uh, <laughs> I look at it and say, oh, gosh, I forgot to put it in a question form. Okay. <clears throat> this president commented about the White House. It is the loneliest place in the world. Oh. Was it Woodrow Wilson? No. Thomas Jefferson? Walden, Walden is thinking. Yeah. No, Je it wasn't Jefferson. Oh. No. Andrew Jackson? No. One more. Grover Cleveland. It was William Taft. Oh, okay. And I, I would think that there were probably several presidents who felt that way. They had the feeling, because it really is a lonely place. You're very much alone as president. You may have family around you, and you've got a first lady or a surrogate first lady, but, you know, you don't have everybody 100% friendly. So, anyway, he thought it was the loneliest place in the world. You don't. How sad. You don't. Oh. I don't what? You don't have 100% support? If you want you want a Pollyanna for everybody who everybody who pulls a gun is a Pollyanna. <laughs> you are so funny. No, I got that backwards, didn't I? The protagonist has to be a Pollyanna. I, I understood. So you know, what can I say? You, you knew what I meant. Yeah. We've got a wonderful system like that. I understand when you send me an email, I understand what you're writing. And you understand what I mean, even right. when I don't say it. Right. This is good. This is very good. R we should we, dog we, and pony this. We have a very symbiotic relationship. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. I'll accept that. Well, I don't know. Sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah. It sounds good. Okay. What's next? You've got your stump Walden mm -hmm. and your baseball question. My baseball question. Now, this is one that I copied down a lot of information. Let me see here. Okay. September 23rd, 1908. Game between the New York Giants and the Chicago Cubs ended in a 1-1 tie. What happened that is still under controversy? A home run was hit, 
and they couldn't find it because the light went out. 1908, Walt, and they didn't come to the stadium with candles. <laughs> Honest to goodness, I thought I raised you better than that. Did your mother ever say that to you? Nah, she wouldn't do that. And and you're such a good kid. Well, she would say, now, you wouldn't do that with Kitty with you. You know, she would do those types of things, you know. Oh, she does oh, have yeah. a catch one there. Oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a rough one. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Or else, you know, when her boys had finished a meal and they got their arms on the table, she said, now, you wouldn't do that <laughs> while you're eating. Uh-huh. My mom went, you know, she went to an all-girls school for college. You did high school, I know. But, you know, so what yep. can I say? You you gals are very stern on grammar and punctuation. Table manners table and manners. stuff like that there. Yeah. Not shoes, though. I'm really open about <laughs> shoes. <laughs> you yeah. want to take off your shoes, I that's see. fine. I see. Can't do it in church, though. You shouldn't. You shouldn't take your shoes off in church. That would be kind of rude. Why not? I don't know. Edgar Allan Poe Mm -hmm. uh, attended West Point. He didn't stay, but um, he he sort of got kicked out. He did a few things that he wasn't supposed to do. (laughs) It was announced that on the parade ground the next day, all of the cadets were to wear white gloves. So he did, and that's all. He showed up. He showed up for oh, the parade geez. ground okay. with nothing but his okay. white gloves. Okay. <laughs> can Can you understand? He He was reputed. I don't know. How do you know? Um, it is reputed that he did not like West Point, and he went out of his way to try to get discharged from West Point. And it sounded like he did a few things that just might have worked. Like showing up with no clothes, but yeah. his white gloves were on. <laughs> I agree. Well, it, it, I thought that was a hoot. Yeah, wearing shoes at church seems like a good thing to do. It seems like a good thing to do. Yes. You're not impressed with with Edgar Allan Poe. I am. I am very <laughs> impressed. That, that man showed creativity uh, early on. Very much so. Yeah. Okay, so we're back to the baseball question. September 23rd, 1908. The I don't know. The official ruled that the Giants' first baseman, Fred Merkel, was out because he failed to touch second base oh, on the way around. Oh, now, okay, and yes. You, yeah. you do remember it? I, I've, I, read, I've read before. about it, yes. Uh-huh. So anyway, apparently it has been argued from then until today. Now we're talking, <laughs> talking a lot of years ago here. This is more than a hundred years ago, and they're still talking about it. So anyway, the call has been disputed ever since. Um, the team and a lot of other people insist he touched second base. What do you think? Well, they suspended the games, so or my guess is probably missed it. You think? I have hmm. faith in your reporting skills. Well, I've got a whole bunch of information here. Um, it stayed tied until the ninth inning with Giants Moose McCormick on first base after a fielder's choice and two outs. Um, hit a single. I mean, it's it just, I don't know. 
I don't know. People have they did not have instant replay in 1908. Okay, so that leaves, drum roll please, your Stump Walden question. All right, let's do it. Okay, this show ran from January through December 1947, so it had a full year's run. And the show was called Scotland Yard's Inspector Burke. It was a detective drama. Who played Inspector Burke? Surprise me. Basil Rathbone. You surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What made you pick Basil Rathbone? Because when you thought the January, then I got thinking of the uh, Fatima, the the, the show yeah. before. Then, then I realized he took over for another show, and I thought, well, maybe this might have been it. Ah, uh, so you my mind are. Was. You weave your thoughts. That was excellent. Right. You wove it right to the right person. Basil Rathbone did it. I've not ever heard any of these shows. Are any available that you know of? I don't think so. I have to go squirreling yeah. around and see if I can. Yeah. Every once in a while, something will pop up in a most obscure place. Hey, let's make it. Stuff, stuff is still popping up today, so. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And we have a whole year to choose from here. I, I was about to say anything with Basil Rathbone must have been savable. However, I retract that. <laughs> Tales of Fatima was one of them. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That, that man must have. He didn't have any kind of, um, you know, having alcohol and drugs. It, it was still pretty common, although kept under wraps in the theater sector among actors I look at the Barrymores um, but I never I never heard anything about Basil Rathbone in that direction but after doing Tales of Fatima I'll bet he wished he could well, I guess if he was just caught in a contract and he's nothing he could do yeah. about it it was dreadful yeah. just dreadful we need to replay that one sure we could do that we could do that I mean I'll, I'll freshen up the copy that goes with it because there's always something new to talk about. Absolutely. But that one is so bad it will live forever. Absolutely. It will live forever. And Ron didn't call in because I wanted to talk with him about black magic. Well, I guess we can get him next week. Maybe we can get him next week. Ron, please call next week. Please. I want to defend my case and you are going to be the prosecuting attorney. Mm. Yeah, and I'm on the, I'm on the defense table over here. I know. You yeah. Can whine. So. Yeah. Say what? You can whine very well. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I am almost to my limit here. Yep. I have got Five three minutes. minutes left. Right. Four minutes. Something like that. Right. Fifty-seven. Yeah, I've got three minutes left. So that means we get to say, when I say three minutes left, all of our family who sticks with us for this late, Skype will dump me after four hours. It just gone. I'll disappear. And I now have about three minutes 
little less than three minutes before I'm going to get dumped. So we'll dump me first. We'll show them. <laughs> All right. So remind, okay. remind the family, send Patricia an email at floridawriter at hotmail.com to see if she's done her exercises this week. That's our goal. Yes, yes. And, and yeah. send me an email to floridawriter at hotmail.com if you want to connect by Dropbox, and I'll send you to the correct email address, and then I won't have to go digging around and signing in and stuff like that there. Perfect. I have to sign out of my regular Hotmail address to go to another Hotmail address. Even if I open a new window, it will not allow me to do that. Mm. I have to sign out. Doesn't that, that S- word? Stinks. Yeah, yeah th- oh, that's a better word. That's good. Thank you. You're, you're helping my language here. So anyway, we will be back next week. Walden might be a little bit late, but I will be here waiting. That's right. I will be faithful. You are faithful. I am faithful. I'm a very faithful puppy. And I am so good glad. Good night, everybody. And I'm so glad. And what? And I'm so glad that you had such good news. To share oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I am so happy to be able yeah, to say that. Good news. Everybody is astounded, and so am I, but that's okay. That's well, okay. He fam- called me resilient. The family loves you, and so you, you just need it. That's what, that's what it comes down to. You're not going to let me go? No. My doctor called me resilient. I get called. That's like a yeah, but you're just you're just special. Uh, uh yeah. Um, my friend used to call me a round bottom toy, <laughs> like a weeble. Yes, yeah. Yeah, she said you're a weeble. You uh, knock you down and you just pop right back, and it's the truth. Oh, and that's she what and, and she posed so good. That's one of her many talents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get jumped. <laughs> We're down to about one minute here. Yeah. Just yeah, we are. Okay, so per, I per, have to say, per again. Perfect do, timing. Do do another perf. Perfect. Now you can say good night. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. Thank you for hanging in there with us, and we will be back next week. Hey, good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. Soundforge Pro 11.0 tab. JAWS Professional Windows M. F. Windows M. Desktop. F. FS Read F. Friday Night Show Enter. File exp- zero speed. Meet the band. Enter. Shell Radio Show. Enter. Radio 40-40. Meet the band 400317F006ST Patrick Station. Meet the band. Meet the band. Radio show, meet the, enter, shell, radio show, enter, radio, meet the, meet the, ba- meet the, ba- meet the band, meet the band, 40-03-10 left, meet the band, 40-03-17, meet the band, 40-03-24 left, parent, 009 right, parent, first song, dash, ma, he's making eyes at me, unloading jaw, can't, okay, enter, radio. Oh, that was shit.
prefer. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being in this wonderful country. Bless Patricia, bless our family. Look after the needy, poor, and hungry. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here we go. Makers of Kicks invite you to beat the band. If you can. General Mills, Makers of Kicks, K-I-X, Kicks, the delicious new ready-to-eat corn cereal that comes in delicious round golden bubbles, brings you another session of that new novel radio game, Beat the Band, featuring Ted Weems and his music, Terry Como, Marvel Maxwell, Elmo Tanner, Arm Downs, Country Washburn, and Red Ingle, who join with Jerry Moore to bring you this opportunity to beat the band. And here's that band you have to beat, Ted Weems and his band playing. Ma, he's making eyes at me. That's the band you have to beat, and here's the man to help you beat it, Gary Moore. Well, fourth, those folks, the little helpers, why, the questions they've sent in today are going to leave the boys flatter than the tunes they play after they answer the questions. <laughs> I'm happy to say that General Mills will pay $10 each for the questions used on the program today, and of course you know that double money, $20, and the case of kicks is guaranteed to those whose questions beat the band. But that prize money may be much more. Remember, we have a $100 bonus, which is divided equally among those who beat the band. For example, if four people beat the band, they get $25 plus $10 for their question and a case of kicks. If, however, only one person beats the band, that person will receive the full $100 plus $10 for the question and a case of kicks. Now, that's worthwhile, isn't it? I should say so. So why not write out a question and send it to Beat the Band, Minneapolis, Minnesota? All right, now here we go with the unrehearsed portion of the program. The men do not know the answers to the questions I will ask, and folks, listen for the boom of the old bass drum. It tells you when somebody's question has beat the band. Gentlemen, here we come. This being a gay day for those ladies who go in for ornate headgear, and who of them do not, we offer this query from Edna Haran of Brooklyn, New York. As friend husband looked at his wife's new Easter bonnet rather disdainfully, what did he ask? 
The title of an old-timer will give you the answer. In fact, everybody's hands going up. All right, Country Watchman back here. Country? Uh, where did you get that hat? Why, Country, you must be married. Huh? Sure enough. Can you play it on your bass fiddle, friend? Uh, thanks very much, country. As we come into our next question, uh, what with spring just around the corner, here is a proper question to offer a gang of young men. As Arthur Shepard of Belgrade, Montana, what musical bit, very popular a few years ago, suggests an amorous insect whose sting will excite your emotional sensibilities? A lot of big words, but there goes Marvel Maxwell's hand up in the air. I think I know that one. Um, the love bug. Well, it'll love... bite you if you don't watch out. Marvel, you're absolutely right. Good enough. All right, can you sing it for us, huh? Um, love bugs will bite you if you don't watch out. And if he ever bites you, then you sing and shut you Fine enough, Marvel. Incidentally, being Eastern, all Marvel's wearing a new hat this week, too. Marvel, we're off the... Uh, I don't know, what happened to the woman's flowers? Did the government make you plow it under? <laughs> there? <laughs> If a strong breeze swept, uh, swept through the studio, she'd be out working for another company in a minute with that wing she's got on there. She'd just take right off and ad-lib a few few openings in the room. Here. All right, here we come one. Here's a bit from down Virginia way, sir. From Holland, Virginia, to be exact, and penned by Francis Gregory. A rather mercenary young man was going with two girls, one Rosie McDonald and one Susie O'Brien. He finally decided to marry Rosie McDonald. Now, what important fact to his mind Help him, help him make his decision. It's an old, old tune that still gets plenty of attention. Oh, now, gentlemen, you should know this. Red Angle's hands going up uh, there. Old MacDonald had a farm. What better reason could she want, huh? <laughs> you. All right, Mr. Angle, let me hear you play it on your saxophone, if you will. That'll be enough there. You've raised your quota for today, and you get 10 points up on the scoreboard, as did Marvel Maxwell before you. And now, boys, before you get flat-footed from taking determined stands on these questions, we turn to Ted for a suggestion. And I'll suggest I walk with music, with Perry Como singing. Well, I'll second that motion. Carry it, boys. There's a love song floating on the soft summer
never seem to fall. For from this day on I walk with music, and that song will lead me to where you are. Folks, Here's some exciting once-in-a-lifetime news from our good friend, Fort Pearson. Thanks, Jerry. He's absolutely right about that good news, ladies and gentlemen. It's a sensational new offer at your local grocery to introduce our swell new ready-to-eat corn cereal kick to everyone who's not yet tried it. Beginning tomorrow, everyone buying just two packages of kicks at the grocer's will receive for only one cent more one of the very latest, most attractive table items now made, a brilliantly colored English breakfast marmalade jar. Never before has General Mills, the world's largest millers, offered such a popular item through grocery stores. Made in America of the beautiful new carnival glassware, this unusually attractive English breakfast marmalade jar is shaped exactly like a big, delicious, ripe red apple in two gay, bright, lifelike colors, a gorgeous ripe red and a brilliant sparkly yellow. And as I said before, while supplies last, users of Kick can get one for only one single extra cent. I'll give you further details of this remarkable offer later in the program. All right, Gary, right now let's try again to beat the band. With which musical buildup, we barge ahead into our second group of questions with exactly no people having managed to beat the band so far. We've got some pretty tough questions in this group, so here we come, gentlemen. This question coming up is answered by a tune that you boys probably played when this band was brand new. Mrs. Carol Brown of Cincinnati, Ohio, wants to know what song title was Katie's sister's remark after she saw Katie bring down the house with her dance routine. Everybody's hands going up all around. Well, let me see here. Rosie McCarg over here on the saxophone section. Wish I could Timmy like my sister Kate. All right, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's hear, you, let's hear you do it on your clarinet, huh? be enough there. We don't want to run Sally any competition. And uh, Rosie McCarg gets 10 points up on the old scoreboard for answering his first question of the day as we come into one that will call for some straight thinking on a well-known musical score. Rosalie Raymond of Flushing, New York asks, what popular operetta was given the alternate title The Slave of Duty, but is known by a much more familiar title? Now, you have to play an identifying strain from any of the selections from that opera. And by the way, tell me who wrote it also, if you can. There's Pete Bielman's hand going up in the air. Oh, uh, have Mr. Bailey give me ten points, will you, Gary, please? I'm well, so no. sure of this one. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Mr. Bielman. You're, 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 you're not finished yet, you know. I mean, you have to tell me the answer, if you don't mind. Well, I, uh, I believe uh, it was uh, Gilbert and Sullivan operetta, uh, Pirates of Penzance. Is that it? Taken from that. It is, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's right. Unfortunately, I didn't think you were going to get it, Mr. Bielman. All right, well, well, well or is it? Well, I always yeah, go it's for this higher class of thing, you know. I mean, this higher... Uh, <laughs> uh, high class tunes, thing, yeah. you know, I don't go for that. All right, well, what's the tune? Now, what's the tune from it? Uh, I'll play it for you. Yeah, all right. Let me hear you play it. Come on. 
Um, Would you rather have Mr. Bailey take the ten points off the scoreboard that he never put up in the first place? <laughs> oh, no. No, no, Mr. Uh, Pete, yeah, I'm, that's it. That's no, it, I'm guy. sorry. You don't, I know hail, hail, the gang's all here when I hear it. If you don't, oh, I'm sorry, pass. but this one time you're wrong. I know I'm right. That's the tune. So you that's can check the tune from the Pirates, Gilbert and Sullivan? That's all. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll, t- I'll tell you what we'll have to do. And then, frankly, frankly, I don't know. You you could be right, Mr. Beelman. Nobody's known you to be, but you could be on on this particular occasion. I, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll send out to the music library, uh, send uh, Fort Pearson out with a few Indian runners and dog sleds here. And uh, Fort, will you dash out and see if you can find out if he's right? Do that? <laughs> All right, Fort, you try to get the correct answer and bring it back to me. Interrupt me wherever I am in the program, will you? And now, uh, Mr. Beelman, if you'll call back into the woodwork, we'll get on with our next <laughs> next question here. Now, if, uh, if you know your great, if you gentlemen know your great American men, you may have the answer to this query. Hail, hail the gang. How do you like it? B- Betty? <laughs> Betty? You, never mind, Mr. Beelman. <laughs> we'll find out. All right. If it's right, we'll give you a hand. Doubled up and coming fast. (laughs) Here's a question from Betty Yon Jean of Montgomery, Alabama. She writes in to ask, who were the first two patriots to swing? And I don't mean hang. Who were the first two patriots to swing? All right, Orrin Downs, back on the drum. Uh, I think it's a Washington Lee swing. Washington and Lee swing. Absolutely right. Can you play it on your drum? Uh, when Fort Pearson's back here, go away. I, Fort, think, uh, I don't want to hear you. Can you play? I Fort? think most everybody in the band know that. So if I start out, will that be all right? Oh, all right, sure. Everybody join in. <laughs> oh, look, Grandma, they're coming down our street, and Owen Downs. Owen down gets 10 points up on the old scoreboard, and Fort Pearson just came in with some very sad news for yeah. me. Fort, what is this delightful little limerick that you handed me that's here? That's the thing. That's, that's, that's right, the yeah. one that he... Well, oh, I, it, well how, does it, how does it go, Mr. Uh, you said, hail, hail the gangs all here. Come, friends who plow the sea through to navigation. Memo to General Mills. Had another station. <laughs> that's fair. Well, Mr. Beelman, <coughs> never mind that. <laughs> Mr. Beelman, you're absolutely correct. You get 10 points on the scoreboard, and I'm, I'm deeply grateful to you. And I will Thank you, Mr. Moore. Thank not you at all. Much. Not at all. It's a special consideration. I will, after you meet me after the show, I'll give you two tickets to a fatal accident. And <laughs> thank you so much for your cooperation. He gets 10 points on the scoreboard after all. As we come into another question, a pair of good ears and a knowledge of the classics will help here, boys. Fashion experts say that taffeta will be much worn this spring. Mrs. Frank Ogebauer of Morristown, New Jersey, asks, if you were watching the Easter parade today and a number of young ladies swished by in spring dresses of taffeta, what classical number would come to your mind? Rosie McCarg, of all people, for a classical number. Uh, Rustle of Spring. Rustle of Spring, absolutely. He wishes he could shimmy like his sister Kate, and now he's got the <laughs> Rustle of Spring. Well, Rosie, can you play it? give you 10 points, but please don't swing spring so soon in the season if you don't. We're having a hard enough time here in Chicago with uh, practically a zero Easter here anyhow. 
Somebody this morning said, look out the window, there's a robin redbreast. I looked out and it was a crow with a chapped stomach. <laughs> Just goes to show you. Now let's get into another question here. We're wasting a lot of time. You, uh, you horticulturists come out from behind the seed catalogs long enough to tell Henry Burr how of Fairfield, Iowa, what would be the result if a tiger lily were crossed with the common or garden variety of ragweed? Gentlemen, everybody should know that. All right, there goes Elmo Tanner with his hand up in the air over in the whistling department. I think that'd be tiger rag. You're absolutely right, sir. I'm sorry to say, but can you whistle it, if oh, you don't mind? Oh, whistle tiger rag. <laughs> Elmo Tanner gets 10 points up on the scoreboard. We've got to beat the band here soon somehow. Uh, gentlemen, think hard on the duties of the drummer in a band and a brand new tune for this answer. Mrs. John Bloom of Bayside, Long Island says, after the prom, a girl introduced her sweetheart, who was the drummer of the band, to her girlfriend. Now, what song title might she have used to present him to the girl? He was a drummer in the band, Joe Hooven. Back in the trumpet section, his hand goes up for the first time uh, today. Meet the beat of my heart. Oh, all right, you're right. <laughs> okay, can, can you play Meet the Beat of My Heart, if you don't mind? Wait, 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 wait. I'm awful sorry. The answer is no, Mr. Hooven. No, no, no. That means to be you were if you were playing uh, what was that the internet uh, to the sounding beat of my heart. What is the name? Anybody in the audience know? Well, no, 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 not to walk along the streets of sorrow. That's a, no, no, I'll tell you. Uh, uh, meet the beat of my heart goes, meet the beat of my heart. Meet the song I'm rehearsing. Only good. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Mr. Hooven, it looks, li looks like you got the right title, but still, you have to put 50 cents in the old bass drum, if you don't mind. Let's hear the punk. Good enough. And Mrs. John Bloom of Bayside, Long Island, is the first person to beat the band. She receives a minimum of $20 in cash, plus a whole case of kicks. That's a lot of kicks, 24 big packages, but the new Crisp Assured Kicks package will keep it fresh. Now, boys, you're, you're learning the hard way with these questions, and as you know, the class yell of the school of experience is, ouch. So let's rest the rhythm. Ted, comes music. Right, Gary. The tune is the Woodpecker song. Aha, uh -huh, featuring the four Ds, three, de three dopes and a dame. Also, <laughs> also known as Marvel Maxwell, Elmo Tanner, Perry Como, and Country Washburn. Each morning bright and early To wake up all the neighborhood To bring to every boy and girly His happy serenade on wood Hear him 
pecking out a melody, peck, peck, pecking at the same old tree. He's as happy as a bumblebee all day long, all day long, all day long. Serenade your lady, find a tree that's shady, and when you hear that tick, 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 sing right along. Come on and try his rhythm, and let your heart be with him. Just listen to that. Pearson, we have been charged with the duty of announcing our marmalade jar offer to the waiting public. Have you a witness ready to testify that, in our opinion, this is one of the finest offers ever made? Have I? Mr. Morfitt, standing beside me, you see none other than the star of America's favorite radio love story, Arnold Grimm's daughter. That is Connie Tremaine. In real life, Miss Betty Lou Gerson. Miss Gerson, will you please take the stand? Yes, Mr. Pearson. Now, General Mills is announcing a sensational new offer of a gay English breakfast marmalade jar for only one single penny to everyone purchasing two packages of their delicious new ready-to-eat corn cereal kicks. Have you seen this jar? Oh, yes, and I think it's darling. Whoever thought of making it up like a real ripe apple? Uh, please confine yourself to answering the questions, Miss Gerson. As a matter of fact, the apple idea came from England. Slick, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you please describe this jar to our audience, your own description, of course? Well, I'd love to. Well, as I just said, it's shaped exactly like a big apple. Colored like an apple, too, in gorgeous bright red and a sparkling yellow. It's made of the lovely new carnival glassware, of course. Bright and gay and yet tasteful and beautifully finished with a smooth, clean white interior. This jar's got simply dozens of uses. Sugar and jams and jellies and even candies as well as marmalade. Really, for anyone who loves nice things for the table, I don't see how they could possibly resist it. That's no fooling, ladies and gentlemen. And since this is an introductory offer, you can get one of these swell English breakfast marmalade jars from your grocer for a single penny, simply by purchasing two crisp-assured packages of that swell new ready-to-eat corn cereal kicks. Before we adjourn this court, our thanks to Betty Lou Gerson, and for you, a friendly warning. This offer is good only while supplies last. See your grocer tomorrow morning. Right, ho, and here we go into our last group of questions with only one person having beat the band so far. At this point, we introduce the Easter Bunny, it being the day for stuff like that. And you boys should know the new tunes, so we'll ask you for Robert Baxter of Freeland, Pennsylvania. What one March hare might say to another March hare when they hear the sound of the hunter's horn. It's a brand... Oh, Joe Hoover, he wants, he, he wants to uh, make up for that uh, bit Redeem you myself. Huh? <laughs> Redeem myself. That's maybe. the word I was thinking of. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I don't know what it is. Um, uh, can you play it? What is it? Uh, run, rabbit, run. 
Run, Rabbit, Run. That's it? right. It's a recent importation from London, mm -hmm. I believe. And can you play Run, Rabbit, Run? And you get 10 points up on the scoreboard for that, and I warn you, boys, the answer to this next question is not thanks for the buggy ride. Mrs. George Cook of Clayton, Missouri, wants you to name a beetle of which the male flies but does not shine, while the female shines but does not fly. A beetle. Everybody say, oh, let's see Elmo Tanner's hand over here. How about Elmo Tanner? A glowworm. That's right, good enough. Yeah, can, can you, the way you were scratching your head there. Well, uh, never mind. What, what, um, what, 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 what would you, uh, I mean, would you, could you whistle it for us, if you will? some figures to weigh in the balance. All right, Ford, I'll make way while Ted makes music. Hey, Ted? Well, here it is, Gary. The tune is our Easter ditty. I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. Oh, save the colored one for me. again today has managed to beat the band. Only one. Think of that. Only one person has managed to beat the band. And here are the scores. We used a total of 11 questions for which General Mills will pay $110. And also the Old Bass Drum was tied for Rosie McCard and Elmo Tanner are the two that will pick it up. With a $100 bonus which will be paid today and we've paid a total of $220 per question. Now may we congratulate Mrs. John Bloom, Bayside, Long Island. You're on the shrewd question, which was the only one to beat the band today. We hope you enjoy the check for $110, which will reach you shortly, and we know you'll enjoy the full case of kicks, which goes with it. Congratulations. Right, Ho, thank you, uh, Ford, and I'll add my sincere thanks for the grand questions that the people sent in tonight. I'm happy to say that a check will reach those folks very shortly. Now, let me add this. We want everybody to try to beat the band, all of you. It's great fun, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Send your question to Beat the Band, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Who knows, yours might be the one that beats the band. 
Let me remind you that whether it beats the band or not, if your question is used on the program, General Mills will pay you $10 for it. If you do beat the band, you're guaranteed a minimum of double money, $20 and a case of kicks. But that may be a much greater sum. Remember that bonus. Well, it's a game, folks, and we want everyone to participate and have fun. We want you to know that every letter is read and receives careful consideration. There may be many similar questions with identical answers. And, of course, payment will be made only to that person whose question is actually used. All questions become the property of General Mills. So write that question. You may have a winner. This is Fort Pearson speaking for Gary Moore, Ted Weems, and General Mills, makers of kicks, inviting you to join us next Sunday. In the meantime, try that delicious new ready-to-eat corn cereal kicks. It's swell. And say, you're going to try to beat the band, aren't you? for a sensational announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, here is news of the most outstandingly popular offer ever made at your grocery store by General Mills, the world's largest miller. To introduce their crisp, delicious, new ready-to-eat corn cereal kick to new users, they announce the following. A gay, brilliantly colored English breakfast marmalade jar for only one single cent to everyone purchasing two packages of kicks. Don't fail to take advantage of this remarkable offer. Attractive, most unusual ripe red apple shape Brilliant, sparkling red and yellow colors. Everything in perfect good taste to add a brand new charm and sparkle to your table. And yours for only one single cent with your purchase of two crisp assured packages of kicks. To avoid disappointment, get your English breakfast marmalade jar without fail tomorrow morning. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Jaws Professional Radio Shows, Visa Band 40-03-31, left parent 010, right parent first song, dash I got my eyes on you. Unloading jaw, can't, okay, enter, ready. General Mills, makers of kicks, invite you to beat the band. If you can. General Mills, makers of kicks, K-I-X, kicks, that delicious new ready-to-eat corn cereal that comes in delicious round golden bubbles, brings you another session of that new novel radio game, Beat the Band, featuring Ted Weems and his music, Perry Como, Marvel Maxwell, Elmo Tanner, Arm Downs, Country Watchman, Red Engel, and Parker Gibbs, who join with Jerry Moore to bring you this opportunity to beat the band. And now, meet the band you have to beat, Ted Weems and his band playing I've Got My Eyes on You.
Well, you've met the band you have to beat, but have you man, met the man who helped you beat the band? Here's Jerry Moore. Well, for that, thanks, Ford, very much for, for them kind words about helping beat the band, but you might spend a moment offering condolences to the band because these questions today are as hard to get as a waiter's eye. Our sponsor, General Mills, will pay $10 each for the questions used on the program, and believe me, these questions today earn that money because they're really tough. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if quite a few of the questions beat the band, and as you know, those whose questions do beat the band are guaranteed double money, $20 and a case of kicks, and that may be much more. Remember, we have a $100 bonus to be divided among those who beat the band. For example, if three people beat the band, they will receive 33 and one-third dollars, plus $10 for the question and a case of kicks. If, however, only one person beats the band, that person will get the entire $100 bonus, $10 for the question, and, of course, the case of kicks. Now, there's just one more suggestion. Why don't you all get in the game? Don't just sit on the spectator's bench. We want you with us every Sunday, of course, but here's a cordial invitation to make a try to beat the band. Send your question to Beat the Band, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Now, as we get into the unrehearsed portion of the program, the men who do not, uh, the men do not know the questions, by the way, so listen for the boom of the old bass drum. That means that somebody's question has beat the band, and that person is in for bonus money. Fellas, here we go. You give up? <laughs> you might as well. Here's the first question. Uh, have you boys ever suffered from mal de mer? If so, you can probably tell William G. Smith of Cleveland, Ohio, what currently popular song is suggested by a very seasick man aboard ship? What's the currently popular song? What currently popular song is suggested by a very seasick man aboard ship? I'm sorry, Mr. Washburn, I is didn't one see... one of those tough ones you were talking about? Yes, one of the tough uh, ones. What is it? Uh, leaning on the old top rail. That's right! Leaning on the old top rail! All right. Now, if you can play it on your bull fiddle, you'll be all right. That's, a, that's enough, country. One thing to get the questions, another thing to show off. We know you know it now. And so he gets it. Uh, uh, country Washburn is the first person to receive $10, I mean, uh, 10 points up on the scoreboard for today. No, no, no $10 for your country. I'm sorry. You just get the wages and scale and let it go at that. Now, here we come into our second question. Some of the boys looked as though they were catching flies on the last question, so this one is very appropriate. Mrs. P.R. Penning of Long Beach, California asks, if you were a ball player at bat, and the pitcher constantly threw wild over your head, what old popular favorite would explain why you didn't try to hit them? If the pitcher continued to throw wild over your head, what old popular favorite would explain why you didn't try to hit them? And I see light dawning in Elmo Tanner's eye, or is that that proud papa coming out again? There? <laughs> huh? Well, what's the answer? They go wild, simply wild over me. That's right. Sure enough. Good enough. All right. Now, now can you whistle it, Elmo? Oh, huh? uh, there. Wait a minute. Incidentally, Elmo, uh, El Elmo, how, uh, how's the new baby? Oh, just fine. Fine. Uh, how, how much? How much does does he weigh now? Oh, he weighs about nine pounds. He's walking almost. Walking? <laughs> well, 
that, that's fine. Tell him to drop around to my house. He can play with my child. <laughs> my child's three days old. He won't be back. He's out for the weekend. He's in training with the Yankees. You, you'll be sure to drop around. Though. If, if you, the band sounds a little hazy today, friends. It's because they're a little green around the gills from smoking those sulfur-and-nickel cigars we were <laughs> passing out around here. Now, here we come into our, our third question. You boys have caught enough trains to answer this question from Matt B. Connolly of Norwood, Massachusetts. What did the railroad crossing say to the railroad train? It's a new tune, boys. What did the railroad crossing say to the railroad train? Uh-huh. Oh, Parker Gibbs? Well, what do you want? You want to take a chance on it, Parker? Well, this is strictly a chance. Uh, I mean, this isn't too new. Give a little whistle. Give a little... No, that would be good. That well, sure, that's good. good. Huh? That's <laughs> awful good. No, look, I'm supposed to say that. You, you give the answer, and I say that would be good. good. Uh, I say it would be good, and you blush. So you, you, don't, <laughs> say, you don't say that would be good. But uh, unfortunately, the answer that we have here that was sent in by Matt B. Connolly is your toot to me. That is good. <laughs> you don't think so? Well, I'll tell you just how good it is, Mr. Gibbs. It's good enough It's good enough for Mr. Matt B. Connolly of Norwood, Massachusetts to receive a full case of kicks and a guarantee of not less than $20, which may be much more if we keep that bonus money in uh, mind. And it's also good enough for you to put 50 cents in the old bass drum if you don't mind. Good enough. All right, and now, Mr. Gibbs, if you can play your toots to me on your saxophone, we'll give you five points. I can play, uh... Give a little, little whistle, whistle, but that isn't the answer. No, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid not. So you don't get anything, and Mr. Conley is the lucky gentleman on that one. And now, boys... <laughs> it's awful. Now, boys, so that you... So that you won't get like the man who lost his job because he worked eight hours and slept eight hours, only it was the same eight hours, I, I suggest that you stop picking them out of the air and pick one out of the book. Will you give the Q10? Well, it's number 816, boys, and the title, Gary, is Isle of May, and Terry Como sings. Well, thank you, Mr. Ween. We strolled along through the heather, and it was June, June on the Isle of May. Your lips were sweet as the heather Love was in bloom there on the Isle of May Close in your arms, heaven opened its door Then like a fool I sailed away But our love will bring us together When it is June, June on the Isle of Close in your arms, heaven opened its door. Then like a fool I sailed away But our love will bring us together When it is June on the Isle of May Now stand by for news of one of the super, super bargains of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your chance to snap up a gay, cheery English breakfast marmalade jar at your grocer's for only one single extra penny. 
General Mills wants you to try their delicious new ready-to-eat corn cereal, Kix. And as a special inducement, they're making the following historic offer. Buy two crisp-assured packages of Kix and receive your English breakfast marmalade jar for only one penny more. What a bargain. Imagine this handsome little jar is made in America of lovely, genuine carnival glassware. And it's shaped exactly like a big, delicious, ripe red apple. Two brilliant colors, bright red and a gay, gleaming yellow. Specially chosen to give your table a new sparkle and charm. But remember, supplies are strictly limited. Get your gay English breakfast marmalade jar without fail tomorrow morning. And as we come into our second group of questions, with only one person, person having beat the band, uh, we find this one uh, that we might label under the child guidance department. Mrs. D.D. Waddell of Troy, Tennessee writes, What song title tells what the mother silkworm told her little silkworms when she advised them to stop playing and get to work making silk? If you know where silkworms live, you can find the answer in a song about two years old, I should say. Marvel Maxwell's hands going up in the air right away. All right, Marvel. Uh, would that be Stop Beating Around the Mulberry Bush? Why, Marvel, you're marvelous. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Stop Beating Around the Mulberry Bush. Can you, can you sing it, uh, please? Stop beating around the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush. Stop beating around the mulberry bush. Come out and say you love me. Good enough, Marvel Maxwell. Stop beating around. Not only sings the tune, she brings her own applause. Very nice, Marvel. She gets ten points up on the old scoreboard for that. I think it must be the hat you're wearing that gives you all that uh, brain work. She's wearing the, the, uh, that lovely new one, friends, with the, all the feathers on it this week. Thought you'd like to know. Want to be careful with those things. I know a girl had a hat like that with feathers all over, and she put it down on a warm radiator. When she picked it up, it laid an egg. I mean, <laughs> got to be careful about those. Now, uh, friends, uh, this next question comes the end of romance, propelled via a question from Frank A. Streedbeck of Burlington, Iowa. An old patriotic favorite is the answer to the question, what would be an excellent theme song for the famous divorce city Reno. A lot of expensive silence going on in here. Oh, there's Art Winter back in the trumpet section. All right there, uh, Art. Could it be uh, the original title of a song called I'm Free? Oh, I'm Free. Well, gee, that would be good, but that, I'm afraid that's not an old patriotic favorite, is it? Uh, well, if it is, even if it is, it isn't the right answer, so you can't win. I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Winter. The answer is the battle cry of freedom. Surely you know that, don't you? Good enough, the battle cry of freedom. And Mr. Winter, I'll tell you what, if you can play the battle uh, cry of freedom, now throw the 50 cents to the drum, if you will. If you can play the battle cry of freedom on your trumpet, we'll give you five points on the scoreboard as a helper along. Can you play it? Never, never mind. I think you better just let the whole thing go at that. And uh, anyhow, Mr. Frank A. Streetbeck of Burlington, Iowa, receives, <laughs> receives a full case of kicks and a guarantee of not less than $20, but it may be much more. Remember that bonus. And I want to tell you, Arch, you better play better than that tomorrow when you appear in Grand Rapids. There, or else everybody's going to want your, their money back. I just sort of slid that in as an advertisement for Mr. Weems. Uh, I sh really shouldn't have said it no more than I should say that to come early and it's uh, 75 cents at the door and, and <laughs> all like that. Bring your own lunch. Now, from Joel Bolden of Summerlee, West Virginia, comes a question. And if you know just how time marches on, you can answer it with a more or less current tune. 
In what year did we have 53 Sundays? The song title tells you the answer. In what year did we have 53 Sundays? All right, Terry Como's hands going up in the air for the first time. Today. I think it was 1939. The song is back in 1939 A.D. Oh, you almost got it. Now, I'm going to be real tough on you this time. It's not back in 1939 A.D. What comes before back? In 19... Way back in 19... Way back, absolutely. All right, I was just being nasty that time, uh, and the answer is absolutely right. Now, can you uh, sing it, please, Mr. Como? Uh, it's in your books. You sing it every night. Way back in 1939, Good enough, anyhow, to uh, uh, give him 10 points, his first 10 points for the day up on the old scoreboard. All the pause you took thinking of that, you were practically up to 1941 before you got your 10 points. Now, from Ambrose Ficala of the Bronx, New York City, comes this tidbit on the dominance of the male genus Homo. How would King Solomon refuse if all his wives asked for a mink coat? Favorite song of a few years ago. Well, to everybody's hand going up. Who has, here's Red Angle. He hasn't answered a question so far today. No, no, a thousand times no. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Engel, are you married? Oh, uh, fluently. Fluently. <laughs> I, I thought so. You, you, you came out with that so fluently. Let me hear you play No, No, A Thousand Times No, eh? much, Mr. Engel. It was beautiful. You get 10 points on the scoreboard. We'll have a man come around and sweep that up right after the program. Well, now, fellas, you remember, you remember those two, two daring years that followed 1918? Well, if you can remember the popular songs of the day, you can answer this question sent by Eleanor Mason of Hookstown, Pennsylvania. If a man's bowling team was playing a girl's bowling team, what encouraging cheer might you call to the girls? This one carries you way, way back to just after 1918. There was a mixed game of bowling, girls bow and the girls' bowling team. What encouraging cheer might you call to the girls? Oh, there's Red Engel's got his hand up again. All right, Red, let's see if you can follow up on another success. <laughs> huh? Well, this don't have to do with bowling, but I'll chance it. Well, it has to do with sock rolling. Roll them, girls, roll them. It does, too, have to do with bowling. It's right in my script here. Roll them, girls, roll them. That's what it says. That's absolutely right. Now, can you, can you play roll them, girls, roll them on your, on your saxophone? That's the trouble, is it? <laughs> <laughs> if you can. <laughs> That's a strike before you start. Now, get up out of the alley, will you? You know what? What? I can't play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would never, I would never have guessed it, Mr. Engel. I, I, you have my sympathy. Mm -hmm. Wait, well, you want to try again? That's no use. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, well, that was a valiant attempt. I don't, I'm very surprised that you got the answer in the first place. I'll tell you what you do. You still have to put 50 cents on the old bass drum for that, mm. but you get five points on the scoreboard for getting the correct title, and Eleanor Mason of Hookstown, Pennsylvania, receives a full case of kicks and a guarantee of not less than $20, but it may be much more. Remember that bump. All right, fellas, we have a nifty bit here now from Elwin Howard of Boston, Massachusetts, which more than points out the old expression, if at first you don't succeed, Try, try again. Mr. Howard has sent us other questions which we have been unable to use, so he included the, uh, that fact in his question. I'll give it to you just as he wrote it, and I'll remind you boys that the answer is in a tune 
from a hit picture of a few months ago. Here's the point. I've sent you many beat the bands, but guess they're no darn good. This thing that holds my ears apart just must be solid wood. To those smart folks whose questions are used, I'll take a bow. What do you suppose I'm singing wishfully right now? Beautiful poem. By the way, why, Joe Hooven's hands going up in the air and beat Parker Gibbs by about uh, two seconds. If, if I only had a brain. Why, Mr. Hooven, you amaze me. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's right. If I only had a brain from the Wizard of Oz. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's hear you uh, play it. Hmm? <laughs> if I only had a brain. Well, a little bit is enough of it. That's enough, all right. Good enough, Joe Hooven gets his 10 points up on the scoreboard with If I Only Had a Brain from The Wizard of Oz. The rest of the boys just sat there and made an Oz of themselves. And now, boys, like... Like... Isn't that awful? Now, now, boys, like the hula dancer who got a brand new dance idea and immediately put it down in writing. Well, let, let's, let's make a few notes here. What do you say? All right, write a memo on Canadian papers, boys. Yours is even date received and noted, Ted. Elmo Tanner, will you carry out the details, please? greatest, most gigantic, super colossal offer of all time. Never hey, before! Hey, 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 Gary. <laughs> That's no way to be talking about our marmalade jar offers. You can't browbeat Mr. and Ms. Public into listening to you. You can't? I should say not. Folks hate shouting like that. They like to hear exactly what they're getting for their money. Suppose we say it like this. Imagine, ladies and gentlemen, General Mills wants you to try their delicious new ready-to-eat corn cereal kick. So, if you buy two packages of it, they offer you a gay, attractive English breakfast marmalade jar for only one single penny more. This unique English breakfast marmalade jar is shaped exactly like a real ripe apple, an idea that comes directly from the old world.
where fruit has always been one of the favorite motives for the loveliest crystal china and glassware. A flaming ripe red and a sparkling bright yellow. Just the thing to add a gay sparkling-like touch to your table. Good quality throughout, of course, made of the good-looking popular new carnival glassware with a smooth white interior, special dustproof lid, and absolutely unfadable colors. But remember, your grocer supplies are going fast. To avoid disappointment, see him, buy two packages of delicious kicks, the new corn cereal, and get your English breakfast marmalade jar without fail tomorrow morning. It costs you only one single extra penny. All of which brings us now to our last set of questions, and the last time for you gentlemen trying not to disgrace yourself, and the last time for the people who sent in these questions to try to beat the band. Here's a question that calls for a knowledge of the artistic. Donald R. Bill of St. Louis, Missouri, asks, What old tune still played suggests what the subject of a famous portrait by the artist Gainsborough might say about himself? All right, there's Parker Gibbs' hand going up in the air, just a little bit after Country Washington. Parker? Uh, well, that's from Blue. I mean, uh, from Blue Boy. That's from, that's from... Am I Blue? Am I Blue? Could be Blue. Which one do you want? What? Am I Blue or Blue? No, am no, I just am, am I blue? You Let's like make that the elaborate version today. <laughs> 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 That's good enough. Parker Gibson, go home with his head up tonight. You got ten points on the program. Fine enough. And so we come with, uh, to a question from Miss Betty O'Shea of Lagrange, Illinois. As uh, it's a bit of society whimsy. Miss O'Shea writes that a lovely young socialite, whom she calls Cobenda Frazit, guess who, was, was ready to make her debut. However, just as the party was to begin, the young lady decided to wait another year before she made her bow to society. Her shocked mother asked a shocked question in grammar hardly becoming a society woman. Now, what very recently popular hit tells you what she said? All right, oh, well, uh, Country Washman had his hand up in the air uh, first. I'm sorry, Marvel. All right, Country, what is it? Uh, ain't you coming out? That's right. You said, ain't you coming out? Ain't you coming out? That's fine language for, like, that kind of thing. So let's let's hear you play uh, on the bull fiddle, huh? Good enough. <laughs> uh, that's enough. That's enough. Only one ending will do. And Country Washburn becomes the first person to uh, receive uh, uh, two uh, uh, units of ten points up on the scoreboard. Now, fellas, the ornithologist may step forward and try to answer this question sent in by Gene Sandlin of New London, Connecticut. According to Edgar Allan Poe, the raven is still sitting above his chamber door. If you should visit that room, what might you murmur to the bird in farewell? It's an old tune. Everybody's saying, all right, Pete Beelman, back in the trombone section. Bye-bye, Blackbird. Bye-bye, Blackbird. Glad to me hear you play it on the trombone quick like a rat, huh? <laughs> Jerry! Jerry, time's up. You get your ten points. Time's up, Jerry. Now, you go into a neutral corner, will you, please? Oh, I'm on my way for it. And, Ted Weems, will you tap out tempting tempo while we tally? Here it is, Gary. Let's dance. Well, it sounds like the right answer.
Here are the scores for today. Twelve questions were used on the program for which General Mills will pay $120. Three questions beat the band, so the persons who sent them receive an equal share in the $100 bonus plus $10 for the question or $43.34 in a full case of kicks. That gives us a total of $220 paid for questions today. And Country Washburn wins the pile of half dollars in the old bass drum, so pick it up, Country, and line up with the other winners. Well, congratulations to all of you winners, and may the check which will reach you shortly give you the greatest of pleasure. And now a quick word to you folks who have not yet tried your hand at a question. It's fun. Take my word for it and send in a question to Beat the Band, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we'll be watching for that letter. Why not sit down right now and write that question? It might be the very one to beat the band. Remember, if your question beats the band, you're guaranteed a minimum of $20 and a case of kicks. But that $100 bonus may make it much more. And in any event, if your question is used on this program, you will be $10 richer. Now, it's a game, folks, and we want everyone to participate and have fun. We want you to know that every letter is read and receives careful consideration. There may be many similar questions with identical answers. And, of course, payment will be made only to that person whose question is actually used. And all questions become the property of General Mills. Oh, it's a barrel of fun. So send a question to Beat the Band, Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is Fort Pearson speaking for Ted Weems and his band, Jerry Moore and General Mills, makers of kicks, inviting you to join us next Sunday. And in the meantime, try that delicious new ready-to-eat breakfast cereal kicks and give yourself a real first thing in the morning treat. And don't forget, try to Beat the Band. I wonder if we could have your undivided attention for just one minute. We have some extremely important news for you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. As you may know, to introduce their delicious new cereal, Kicks, to you, General Mills, the world's largest millers, are now making the following sensational offer at your grocery. A gay, cherry English breakfast marmalade jar for only a single penny with your purchase of two crisp-assured packages of Kicks. Imagine, only one extra penny for a genuine carnival glassware marmalade jar. Shaped like a real ripe apple in brilliant red and yellow colors. But, and here's what I'm getting at, this offer has been on for some time now, and supplies are running extremely low, and there will be no more when these are gone. To avoid disappointment, please buy two packages of delicious kicks, the new ready-to-eat corn cereal that comes in crisp golden bubbles. And get that English breakfast marmalade jar without fail tomorrow morning. The song I've Got My Eyes on You is from the Broadway Melody of 1940. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
Okay, we'll take it back to the automation system. Doing yesterday USA. Let's see here. So may the good Lord keep this place bless you all. And join us on Sunday with Christina Conroy Burton. Will be the we heard of the interview that Larry and I did earlier this year. And that will be fun. Michael Beale will be on for a little while. He's at a conference this weekend here on Yesterday USA, so he should be on tomorrow. Alright. With that, there we go. We should be getting close. And I hear the beeps. There we go. Jaws Professional Radio Shows Radio Show Alt F4 Alt Tab Sound Forge Pro 11